Сегодняшняя конференция и эта международная встреча пройдет в рамках этого грандиозного масштабного проекта «Общество. Последний шанс» после конференции, которая состоялась 11 мая, одноименная конференция «Общество. Последний шанс», на которой собрались тысячи людей со всего мира. Люди сами организовали это грандиозное событие, которое состоялось впервые в нашей истории, и они подняли такие важные вопросы, которые волнуют каждого. И основной вопрос, который обсуждался с разных перспектив, это вопрос проблемы потребительского, эгоистического, материалистического общества. Ведь если мы, как общество, продолжим жить в таком формате, то у нас остается только два варианта, а по сути один. Либо мы уничтожим сами себя в ходе ядерной войны, либо это сделает климат за нас. Ну, если на климат мы повлиять не можем, то сегодня в наших силах предотвратить, сделать все возможное, чтобы не допустить необратимого. И сегодня мы как общество можем, и мы должны создать условия, в которых каждый из нас, каждая жизнь может быть спасена. Поэтому сегодня мы стартуем эту международную встречу на платформе «АЛЛАТРА». И сегодня у нас присутствуют люди со всего мира за кадром. И сейчас эту игру организовали участники международного движения «АЛЛАТРА» и стали. У нас также присутствуют ученые, очевидцы. У нас присутствуют специалисты из разных сфер деятельности, чтобы вместе, совместно и целостно рассмотреть такие проблемы, как почему действительно изменяется климат так резко, почему в потребительском обществе наука не служит на благо людям, на то, чтобы подготовиться к этим изменениям, почему жертвы природных катаклизмов до сих пор не получают необходимую поддержку и помощь, ведь все это можно было бы изменить. И сегодня мы рассмотрим такой важный и основной основополагающий вопрос, как вопрос создания созидательного общества. That uh, temperature is drastically increasing in one part of the Earth and in some decreasing, and weather is changing. And scientists are already talking about the fact that many territories on the Earth will soon become unsuitable for living. And uh, such countries as Saudi Arabia, Near East countries. Uh, According to forecasts of the scientists, within the nearest decades, uh, the temperatures will decrease, and certainly these territories will be uh, unsuitable for people to live. In addition, due to the increase of uh, temperatures, the climate becomes drier and it becomes a problem with resources. We have problems with the accessibility of many countries to water, to potable water. This will increase problems between countries and uh, aggravate the climate situation. Also, another important problem now is the melting of glaciers all over the world. It's a drastic increase of the world ocean, and this can cause such a situation that in many regions, especially coastal areas, will be subject to typhoons and flooding, and people will have to 
Европейских мест, и они будут подвергаться риску погибнуть. Пожары, наводнения, тайфуны, землетрясения, все мы видим сейчас в эти дни. Но по большому счету общество в основном равнодушно к этим событиям. Кому это все нужно? По большому счету только близким, родственникам и друзьям. А ведь завтра эти проблемы могут случиться у вас, в вашей стране. И завтра ты можешь быть толпе этих беженцев. Ты будешь штурмовать корабли, чтобы пересечь океаны. Ты будешь карабкаться вверх, пересекать границы. И как отнесутся тебе люди в других странах? Очень важно, чтобы мы все изменили, потому что иначе нас ждут тогда страдания. Поэтому нам надо принять решение и изменить общество. Тогда решать нам самим, что мы хотим. Страдать или построить общество счастливых людей? The changes which are happening now, they're happening much faster than it was expected and mostly we speak about the recent, uh, nearest years, not decades, and facts are most, uh, the best evidence of that. Now let's see the video which was prepared by the participants of the Latra movement and we will see what is happening with our own eyes. После аномально обильных осадков в декабре на Аравийском полуострове озеленилось и зацвело пушение. Песчаные барханы превратились в море. Добрый вечер всем. Альпудин выпал град, то, что не критично, особенно в конце марта. В последние несколько лет мы наблюдаем следующие изменения. Продолжительность судьбы каждой песни увеличивает продолжительность на 10-15 дней. С удивительным явлением столкнулись жители Мексики. 30 июня после сильного дождя с градом 6 пригородов мексиканского города Гадалахара, 6 пригородов толстым слоем льда. Местами высота выпавшего града достигала одного полутора метра. А на следующее утро люди обнаружили, что плотью прорвало. Люди обнаружили, что они просто просыпались дома в Симу. 
уже в воде. Я побывал в нескольких местах, и вода там я достигаю нескольких метров более. И вода там в итоге вода ушла, конечно. В итоге вода ушла, конечно. Но теперь у них ничего не с вами репортер Алатра ТВ из Испании. Менее чем за 20 минут в And snow and ice got even in the premises, turning them into fridges. And some pieces of gale were about like a baseball camp wall. The most uh, refugees were the most suffering ones. People are settling in tents on the ground. The ground, the tents have been flooded. And the level of water was almost one uh, half of the meter. The river flooded, and the river went out of its flow and flooded the city. Over 3,000 houses were destroyed by water from Michigan to the south of country. Terrible pieces of houses were accumulating simultaneously since the last day we just informed people we were going around we as volunteers we are trying to help we are trying to resettle people to relocate them to provide them provide with them with accommodation once they survived a flood they have already fires forest fires covered the Irkutsk region in Russia it's an emergency situation fires coming from the from the air and from the sky. The anomalous heat has in increased, exceeded the 50-degree level of temperature in Europe, in Japan, in Indonesia, fires in Greece. Southeastern part of Australia have seen the record amount of snow over the last 20, 20 years. According to the 17th of August data, the snow level was over 70 centimeters. And most things are happening in Bhutan. This is one of the reasons why we have so many floods over the last year. 10 to 15 years ago, we didn't have any flooding. And the Everest, the highest peak of the Earth, has become has started melting. We see the melting of ice glaciers on the south and uh, north pole, and, and also in Himalayas. We know much more about earthquakes, volcanoes, and natural disasters in general, including the risks of climatic disasters, which touch the whole Earth, and even the disasters which. Uh, have caused by extraterrestrial causes like asteroids, but also we have the limits of our abilities. In many cases, the, po the population knows that it's either impossible to do anything or 
and they kind of undertake a fatalist position or they think if something happens, nothing will save them or people are sure that in the society, in our technology society, everything is possible. Actually, we are in neither of these two positions. We have prepared this video, uh, the participants of the Alatra International Public Movement have prepared this video and participants of the project, uh, bre the breaking news, who contact eyewitnesses of climatic disasters all over the world. And people are telling about what they see with their own eyes. They share the experience. And our Alatra TV reporters, uh, basically anyone can become a breaking news reporter and uh, this was this provoked us to share knowledge about the global climate change on earth uh, based on the re uh, report um, published in Alatra and also the information given in the programs with Igor Mikhailovich Danilov. These programs inspire people all over the world to unite, to consider the issues which are urgent for us today and find effective ways to solve these problems. Today in Neapol, we have one of the active participants of the Alatra movement and our participant of breaking news, it's Giuseppe Mastro Lorenzo, he's the volcano a volcano expert. He is the leading expert in the National Observatory of Vesuvio, and also Giuseppe is, has an active life position, and he shares his observations and experience. And we would like to give the floor to Giuseppe to greet our guests, our viewers, and uh, please, the floor is yours. Researcher, so I work uh, since about uh, 30 years old, uh, 30 years ago, in uh, volcanology. Mostly of my volcanoes, the Neapolitan volcanoes, Italian volcanoes, including so uh, Vesuvius, uh, most, in, most important, and then Campi Flegrei, which is the most dangerous, and then uh, Stromboli, uh, another uh, very interesting volcano, also for the effects it could be caused on. Uh, on the Tyrrhenian Sea in case of uh, a catastrophe, and then uh, Etna volcano. So um, I worked also on uh, um, a super eruption which occurred about uh, 40,000 years ago in Naples, near Naples in Campi Flegrei, and uh, climate on the, uh, um, on the st uh, stratosphere. And so uh, it is very interesting to uh, to study the relationship between uh, uh, volcanoes and uh, climate. So I can give you my contribution about this topic. Thank you very much for um, uh, sharing his... Um... 
И сегодня в проблемах изменения климата на Земле винят э, антропогенный фактор. Как будто человеческая деятельность привела к тому, что температура на Земле повысит. Include uh, changes in uh, biophysical environments and um, ecosystems and uh, natural resources uh, caused directly or uh, indirectly um, by uh, humans. Um, this includes global warming, uh, environmental degradation such as ocean uh, acidification, uh, mass extinction and biodiversity loss uh, and um, uh, ecological crisis. Uh, global warming um, commonly refers to uh, the uh, mainly human-caused uh, uh, increase in uh, global surface uh, temperatures. Uh, it is considered the major aspect of current uh, climate change. Uh, the term global warming and uh, climate change uh, are often um, used interchangeably. Uh, but uh, climate change includes both uh, global warming and uh, its effects. Uh, the anthropogenic factor theory is based uh, on research by the uh, Intergovernmental uh, Panel on Climate Change, IPCC, uh, which was founded in 1988 uh, by the World uh, Meteorological Organization and the United Nations uh, Environment Programs. In December 2007, uh, the IPCC was awarded uh, the uh, Nobel uh, Peace Prize for, um, uh, quote, uh, uh, their efforts uh, to accumulate and uh, disseminate um, wider uh, knowledge of anthropogenic uh, climate change and to uh, lay the uh, foundations uh, for measures necessary to counter uh, such change. Uh, so uh, let's, um, let's, have a, uh, let's have a closer look to what uh, the Nobel Prize was given for and uh, what uh, measures the IPCC suggests. So uh, first of all, charge money for uh, climate emissions, uh, subsidize clean energy, um, electrify everything and uh, invest into uh, innovations uh, and production and sales of cars, trucks and buses that run on fossil fuels and uh, zero deforestation and encourage vegetarians. <laughs> so seriously, this is ridiculous uh, as for me. Uh, this um, guys just wake up and look out of the window what happened uh, yesterday last week uh, last month uh, we we see everywhere earthquakes floods volcano eruptions mudslides and uh, this list we can continue for a long time uh, but these uh, international agencies continue making up plans on paper like we have 50 or 100 years uh, but the harsh reality is that we don't have Next, what we have is five to ten years. So 
let's have a look at uh, the benefits that global uh, society um, have got from uh, signing the Kyoto Protocol in 2000, 2005 and the Paris Agreement in 2016. Um, what, uh, what changed since that times? Exactly, nothing. Climate change just uh, keeps its dramatic uh, rise exponentially and we humans doing what? Just selling here and there uh, pollution quotes uh, between countries. And uh, all this, um, all that governments are helplessly doing is just creating uh, climate notification institutions. Uh, for instance, in Paris, they recently created the Climate Academy and in 2016 in the United Arab Emirates, they uh, created um, the Ministry of uh, Climate Change and Environment. Uh, frankly speaking, I've just recently found out about the existence of these um, organizations. Uh, in UAE, despite the fact that uh, the amount of rainy days increased and for the past two years uh, we've been seeing snow in some of the Emirates, uh, it seems just in the media everything is quiet, people just continue living their lives, uh, all we see is just uh, some promotions, festivals of food, uh, shopping, etc. So today, uh, to sum up, at uh, this uh, unique conference we have gathered from people, ordinary people from all over the globe, from all over the globe, we have an amazing opportunity to find out what in reality is going on uh, with the climate today uh, from uh, mine and yours observations as an ordinary people and uh, we will see the facts that uh, all all the facts that were set up in uh, the report on the problems and consequences of global climate change on earth effective ways to share, uh, to solve these problems published in 2015 by Alatra scientists and uh, unique information uh, which is given in the programs with Igor Mihalovich Danilo. And the climate change uh, is a cyclical phenomenon uh, occurring on our Earth every 12,000 years and is a result of complex uh, astronomical uh, processes. Uh, what is even more important today, we will uh, explore the real ways how human civilization can survive during these times of global change and um, Transformations. I give Thank you very much, dear uh, friends. How, uh, how the anthropogenic uh, factor, this topic, is uh, just uh, being discussed, and um, uh, they just pay attention uh, or take attention, pay uh, attention on this factor, but actually just to the life. So we see that uh, we see that uh, it just uh, this topic is popular because they want to make money on it. Because uh, all all these are uh, just uh, things are just absurd. So the uh, scientists' opinion uh, that they say that um, the decision, the scientists' decision to improve people's lives, it just uh, um, the climate change. There is uh, such phenomena as. The scientists suggest that 
to, to stop uh, the glaciers melting, they suggest uh, these snow cannons uh, just to put on the mountains. And these programs are really financed and uh, it's just seriously studied. And everyone understands that, that actually um, the, these programs are, are not free though. And uh, they speak a lot about the global warming, and it's really upset to uh, just take people's attention on, on these things. And we just see that um, somebody um, constantly wants to make money on that. And you know, there was such a thing as the carbon dioxide tax on all um, uh, flight passengers. And now, uh, so they want to implement this tax. But firstly, um, uh, people just use airlines, you know, just for pleasure. But But you know the um, work migration is important. But but of course, uh, if you just pay the, uh, this tax, uh, how can you just prove uh, where this money goes to? So um, just can can we uh, make a deal with the glacier that it would not melt? So in fact. Um, we see the all, all the absurdity of these programs. Yeah, and, and it just uh, looks like um, they will um, just implement a tax uh, on everything. And we see what's going on um, just outside. But. Uh, uh, but you know, there are some people who want really to implement good programs like um, uh, sun batteries. And of course, alternative energies are very important to implement. But why are they talking about that these are programs are costly? So uh, what actually uh, good news? Uh, the government says that uh, the, such a need to uh, the climate change uh, really exists, and uh, they talk about that all the humanity should get ready for these changes. But uh, just um, you know, um, there is such a feeling that they pay attention to the. Uh, details um, of the climate changes and not just uh, they don't give the uh, large-scale picture of that. Thank you very much. Uh, we have uh, just the global theory. Uh, which actually is inadequate. 
um, and we'd like to introduce uh, to the scientists and to the specialists. Are, are there any real uh, evidences that uh, the anthropogenic factor is to be played? We'd like to hear um, our uh, just in independent uh, analyst, Ivan Bekvashenko. Hello. Unfortunately, all the modern theories are focused. Недавно была очень такая пафосная церемония похороны ледника в Исландии. Он официально он погиб в 2014 году. Самое смешное, что резкий скачок температуры произошел в 2015 году, то есть на момент, когда Uh, the same was with the right of the uh, carbon dioxide. So if the glacier um, uh, already melted to, up to 2014, so it means that it had been uh, um, already melting for just a few years, um, minimum uh, since 80s. And if you look at the graph of the temperature changes, um, so actually temperature rise began since 80s. So what, what, what are they talking about? What are they talking about? About 1.5 degrees. Uh, so, uh, what are they afraid of? Um, just this. Uh, the glacier actually has already mounted. So, what, what are we ready, uh, getting ready for? Uh, for what has already happened? So, if you look just in general, all the actions um, that um, are offered today, all the government's initiatives. Uh, such a feeling as are uh, as if um, they just want to uh, make fool of people. Uh, so you know they suggest taxes on uh, on cows and whatever on on cars and planes and um, uh, we being banned um, just to drive cars. So maybe we should stop just even breathing. Uh, uh, you know, uh, there is such an absurdity that they say that uh, just um, to be rid of the worst uh, greenhouse effect, uh, we should just use horses, bikes instead of cars, and uh, and there is an interesting picture now. So uh, um, the rich get richer, and when they talk about their private planes, of course they just don't want to, uh, not to use them, but uh, just. Um, Mediocre people, or kind of just usual people, they, they have to uh, go on food. And so the richer get rich, uh, the, the rich get richer and their arm get armor. So uh, who benefits from all this? And why is it so just presented? With what aim? The picture really looks um, not pleasant. So um, 
cool, why, and so in fact, uh, of course, it would be a good idea uh, that people would be interested um, uh, in finding the solution how to survive in the upcoming cataclysms. Uh, of course, we'd like to listen or to hear um, the view from Olga Malakova from Belarus. She's she's a geologist, and what does she think about that? Hello. Climate is changing. We're seeing this. We are talking a lot about the rising temperatures, about the CO2 level rising. But at the same time, on the scale of the consumer society, of course, um, the human acts as a consumer towards the nature. There's no denying that. But if you compare the amount of heat and gases that uh, oceanic uh, oceanic uh, backbones contribute then it turns out that the human factor here is less than one percent but if you have a broader look and if you look at the processes that are taking place in the depth of the uh, of the of the earth in the mantle then the processes outside the process on the sun, how they influence the, our climate. And even the changes that happen on Earth as a result of the fact that the Earth, the entire solar system, is passing around the galactic core. Then, you know, speaking about the influence of the anthropogenic factor here is, is not serious. If we look into uh, the past, what can geologists do? While studying oceans and uh, land, we saw climate changed on the planet multiple times. There were um, there were times when the climate got colder, then it got uh, more hot, and actually, and actually, uh, mm, the glaciers and uh, glaciers of at different places can tell us a lot about this. And when we have, when we have the, like, when everything becomes colder, there's a lot of um, water. It, it turns into vapor, and at the same time, the ocean has like has, uh, hard water. And based on the microorganism, based on the residuals at the bottom of the ocean, we can read all this data. Also, these seashells will tell us about the temperature that existed on the surface of the Earth at that time because different species live at different temperatures. When we have intense uh, heat dispersion, so continental, continental uh, rocks uh, can be seen and they are covered in greens. There are a lot of sandstorms and the Tracks of these sandstorms can be found in glaciers and also, depending on the flows, we can find them um, at the sea bottom. Regarding climate, we can see, because glaciers, um, because glaciers are formed as a result of the uh, natural phenomena occurring on Earth, we can also see them Volcanic eruptions, what the results of these volcanic eruptions. We can see 
how temperature changed and uh, actually the CO2 levels were rising in the history of the Earth multiple times, actually more than what we see today. And as a result of all these changes, as of now, because of all this research, we can say that the climate was changing in a cyclical pattern on Earth, and it happened multiple times. Now, we are living in an era when we have two phases changing. So the, the cycle of 12,000 changes and 100,000 cycle is uh, renewing as well. And I mentioned a lot about it in our first conference recently. Antarctic and uh, had a so there was uh, there was basically um, there was a big hole drilled in the in the ice and we can see based on the results of this drill that that Earth experienced eight times of uh, um, of climate being colder. Prior to this drill, we knew about just four uh, climate changes. And analyzing these results, I can say the following. Cycles happened differently on Earth. So, um, it, uh, it got cold quite slow and, it, uh, and the temperature rose quite fast. Now we're living in an era of when the temperature is as high as possible. During the freezing time, during the freezing time, the level of the ocean was um, below 120 meters. And now we're in the heating point. We are at the turning point. Imagine. So 100,000 years we were living in one cycle and now we have global changes on Earth tectonic and volcanic activities on the rise and it is happening quite quickly there is no way for us to influence this what we can do we can get together we can unite try to understand each other and help one another and only this will be able to live through these difficult times i give the floor to svetlana vachtina in moscow and uh, she's an engineer and electrician Thank you very much, Thank Olga. Much, Actually, yes, the event but unfortunately, today's science uh, doesn't see or doesn't want to see uh, uh, and uh, supports some some scientists uh, support uh, the theory of the anthropogenic factor. So, how did it all start? Actually, it started in 1998 when uh, the IPCC. Um, created or formed uh, this uh, so-called um, uh, yeah, it's international group of um, uh, experts on climate changes for IPCC. It's actually uh, the UN body, and this group doesn't uh, just um, uh, doesn't give status, but it acknowledges or just uh, uh, all the data. Um, they analyze all the climate data and they make conclusions about uh, the climate state today. So um, today um, there are 
195 countries participants and the studies uh, they just published in the form of reports so actually there have been already five um, reports but one of the popular ones among them was their report on glo um, global warming um, up to 1.5 degrees so this is report um, uh, definitely stated that if we, if we just uh, keep the temperature up, just within this norm, then everything will be good, and all this global climate change uh, would stop, and we we might relax. So since then, um, I just started. Um, they started concentrating on on those uh, 1.5 degrees. So uh, what was interesting that when it was uh, then this report was presented, there was a Nobel Prize Day, and so. Um, an American economist, uh, Nothouse, William Nothouse, he was the first to introduce uh, to introduce to implement um, this uh, greenhouse um, in gas emission uh, just to, to tax it. So um, now, as you understand that um, since then uh, they have been making good money on those um, greenhouse uh, just. Uh, gas emissions and also uh, another point uh, was about hockey uh, so-called hockey stick graph it this is a graph that uh, this graph shows that um, at the end of the 20th century there is uh, just rapid increase in temperature and so the supporters of this anthropogenic factor they say this. So the the, the more we meet uh, carbon dioxide, the temperature, the more temperature uh, rises. But actually, this graph um, is is well, it's doubt, doubtful because there's been lots of discussions about it, and the scientists they say that um, they didn't get such data. So. And the most uh, just um, scandalous point was that uh, uh, actually when uh, people get to know uh, just uh, about um, the information of uh, that had been that stated that some data was really uh, just um, kind of made this made desired but not true. So, if you're interested, you might find this information in the internet. And, you know, this graph, photography graph, um, has become such an impulse kind of illusionary uh, just competition that today um, all the uh, just governments they just try to get to that 1.5 degrees and even the UN summit uh, on climate in 19, uh, uh, 2019 so what um, what's interesting about that uh, 77 countries uh, they stated that they were planning to decrease those gas emissions 
of course it's very important that in such a way we should uh, just um, improve our climate but uh, each, each of the scientists um, stated that they do observe uh, climate changes uh, the temperatures rising um, and the uh, conclusion was we, we just we, we can keep to that 1.5 degrees, but uh, to to stop that climate changes is not possible because it's it's, it's like you know we are wearing pink glasses that uh, it's just not senseless. So uh, and at the background of that competition. All just some countries, um, yeah, or we are complaining uh, when some island countries were complaining that they said, oh, why uh, we are emitting uh, less carbon dioxide um, into the air, but uh, why are we paid less? Why aren't we just uh, compensated? So, but uh, how, how will it help? Can we really pay to the hurricane or just uh, to stop it from spreading? Uh, and you know, um, uh, um, I can make a conclusion out of this that um, today really it's, it's, it's like on purpose uh, they change uh, our focus uh, from the real reasons of the climate changes. So uh, the attention is being drawn from the main reasons to the minor ones. And I would like now to give the floor to to Vimer Mennik, he is a financial consultant of the international company, and he's, he's going just to open our eyes on the financial side of Greetings, can you hear me? Thank you, Svetlana. Indeed, you're right. In the consumer society, even on such a vital, important topic as global climatic change, uh, people try to earn profits. And first of all, those people who have been endowed with the rights to resolve this issue. And the market of selling quotas on CO2 emissions to the atmosphere are an example of such uh, fraud. Uh, let's uh, sort. Let's look into how it works and what quotas are in fact. Quotas are fractions of a whole, and uh, today one quota equals to it equals to one ton of emissions to the atmosphere. For instance, if a company emits. 50,000 tons, uh, it should purchase 50,000 quotas and all emissions within the purchase over the purchased quotas are subject to penalties. And the idea is to distribute as many quotas to among countries as possible and to decrease, to gradually increase the amount of quotas. So companies and countries have to decrease the emissions. For instance, if a company uh, 
cannot decrease the emissions, uh, he can purchase more quotas in the market where the price is determined by the su supply and demand. And all money earned on selling quotas are directed to allocated to implementation of environmental project on uh, decrease of CO2 emissions into the atmosphere on investment into green into green technologies and basically this is good for development of the economy but the question arises how this can stop the global climate change and many scientists today openly say that these greenhouse effect is not a theory it's just a blunt trick a fraud and deception and uh, from the former president of the academy of sciences of the usa was fighting against this theory and there was a joint petition signed by 17,000 scientists from the USA. Also, the Russian Academy of Sciences publicly states that there is no scientific grounds for this theory. And at the same time, um, by means of the at the account of this co uh, at the expense of these funds, which have been accumulated uh, from selling quotas. Uh, they fund uh, scientists who support the anthropogenic effect, the greenhouse effect, and basically uh, an artificial public opinion is formed, uh, based on which uh, countries and companies are being influenced, which have undertaken uh, not to decrease CO2 emissions into the atmosphere. Basically, this is banal, a banal business project, which it does not produce anything, no goods, no services, but sales is taken, it's actually a sales of, of the ear, and uh, this kind of an indulgence sales, indulgence sales in the Middle Ages, of, for example, when a person wanted to commit a sin, he had to buy a certificate, uh, which uh, exempts you from uh, this sin, and the same is with these quotas, which actually allow you to commit a sin. Basically, global leaders uh, clearly understand that this process is a trite uh, pumping of money from companies and countries and redistribution of influence over the world. For example, the USA have cancelled its participation in the Paris Agreement, Paris Treaty. Russia does not hurry to develop the quota, mar quota market in their country, but despite this fact, the quota market on CO2 emissions to the atmosphere is actively developing, and every year many uh, more and more countries become participants of this pro process. For example, in 2016, the aggregated aggregated revenue of selling quotas have come up to 30 billion dollars. Uh, this is an additional financial burden which ordinary people have to carry, who basically purchase goods and services at higher prices. But if we put aside the financial part of this deception, we will find a very important aspect here, the fact that humanity is offered a, a false way out of the situation. Basically, the Paris and Kyoto treaties are offering to fight the consequences, and this way, the development of green technology 
can affect, for example, the reactions which take place in the Earth's core or in the magnetic field of the Earth, the Earth's orbit trajectory uh, or the trajectory of the solar system movement. And these are the changes which we are currently observing. The cause of these changes is cyclicity and humanity cannot influence this in any way. And so some kind of a deadlock uh, offers um, are proposed and the society is drawn into a dead end. But global elite actively purchases territories in relatively safe regions of the earth and they build, build underground bunkers, cities, understanding that uh, within the nearest years our civilization will face more global cataclysms more powerful ones. And here a question arises, whom we entrust our salvation with and how long we will be observing silently what is happening. Uh, it, society can unite and it will be capable of anything. And it's very important to ensure active position of every person. Thank you very much. I give the floor to Vitaly and Igor Naumitz. Candidate Economical Science, uh, Honored Constructor of Ukraine. Thank you. We are living in an artificial society where basic, basically emission of money is performed by the Federal Reserve System of the USA. Basically, it's a private organization, the shareholders of which are private persons. These are so-called owners of money. and. Um, Basically, what we have is that in the modern world, it's very easy to initiate an economic crisis. All people say that the society is in a dead end. The amount of, you know, subsidies and inflow of money into economy doesn't help. And we see that economy all over the world is aggravating. It's kind of an anesthetic which we use to try to uh, and reanimate a dead and dying person. Economists say that it's a large-scale economic crisis which is ongoing or we will face the war and all this uh, causes suffering. But do we need suffering? And uh, is there any other way? There is. We offer, uh, on our conferences, we offer to in initiate a limited capitalization at the amount of uh, $10 million per each family. Just think of this. If we don't take such measures, we will see what is happening right now. Because money is accumulated in private hands. But if a person has very uh, a great amount of money, he can buy anything. He has already purchased everything possible. What What's next? What his consciousness will care about, about power, about power of people over humanity, over society. Of course, uh, money for these owners of money is not the most valuable thing. The most valuable thing is global governance, global sover uh, sovereignty. And uh, do we need to leave for the sake of these owners of money? No, we can do everything without any wars or revolutions. It's enough just to state our opinion. If ordinary people, I agree with the initiatives and with ideas which we voice on our conferences, 
like uh, limited capitalization, uh, abolition of taxes and loans. It's enough to just spread this information, uh, tell about it, in, and also to attend the conferences, which the conference which we plan on um, May 9, 2020. There are billions of us, and there is just a little group of people who are owners. The anthropogenic factor is basically used nowadays for business interests, but uh, now I'd like to give the floor to Allah to talk about science, how science has come to this anthropogenic factor theory. Lately, over the last years, globally and in Italy in particular, we've various summits, meetings and shows are carried out where climate issues are discussed. Uh, discussed. We have uh, attended such show in Italy where they discussed the point that the influence of humans uh, determines the climate change. Now, uh, as participants of the international Alatra, uh, movement Alatra, we wanted to interview the curator of this uh, show, but uh, we unfortunately didn't have, get any answer to our request. Uh, Pope uh, Francisc also called humanity to think about climate change. Uh, as a way out, he offers to switch to alternative uh, energy sources, but is it really efficient? Uh, also, they say that and the anthropogenic factor influences climate, but is this really so? Yes, the anthropogenic factor exists, but this is not the main cause. The main cause is cyclicity, cyclic processes. We need to direct all our efforts to enhance uh, moral qualities in our society, moral qualities of every person. We have to talk more about morals and ethical qualities of people. We will better redirect our funds on unification of people, on friendship. There are many, many good people all around the globe. And, for example, if we take Italy, and this country is a leader in the world in terms of volunteering. This means that people in our country Many, uh, many, very many people are ready and willing to do something for society and not for themselves. And also, if um, there is such a platform currently existing already, this is the platform of the Alatra International Public Movement, where it's possible for people to unite regardless of religious or political views, regardless of their social status, regardless of, you know, so ordinary people can unite uh, in order to talk about these problems and issues which are already pending and urgent. And we can jointly come to certain conclusions and we can adopt a joint vector of development for our society on 11th of May 2019 an international conference was held of the global scale where over 140 countries participated. They, they were ordinary people who talked and declared what is happening around. And they came to the to joint conclusion that it's time to act. 
In the year on May 9, 2020, uh, there is the initiative to carry out and gather together on the platform on Alatra to unite the entire humanity in order to, you know, find a common way out of all this uh, terrible situation. Climate change, which is uh, now being observed, and uh, the changes which will happen in the future, these are not 30-40 year cycle. These are global changes which await our entire humanity. These changes can cause global migration, and for this we have to unite. 6,000, for 6,000 we've been divided. Borders have been, uh, they divide us by borders, although everyone understands that it would be much easier to live without borders. We are divided by status, although everyone understands that every all humans are equal. We are divided by religions, although everyone feels inside that God is one. Behind the closed doors, they solve everything for us. We have delegated our power to some people. We have delegated the right of our choice. And now we're trying to find someone to blame for what is happening on the planet. You see, even when you just try to lie on the couch with a gadget in your hands, you comment something, you discuss something actively, what is happening around the globe, but you know, everyone, each one of us uh, has this responsibility for, for something to change in our society. We initiate revolutions, we argue, we basically participate in revolutions which have been planned by someone who decides for us. Perhaps we should change this consumer vector, aggressive vector, to the constructive and creative one. Only on the constructive and creative basis we can come to some common joint conclusion. Thank you. Thank you very much for your words, for your understandings, which have united all of us on this meeting. I'd like to draw your attention to the fact that basically climate topic is very actively discussed. Many congresses, uh, conferences, summits are taking place uh, on this problem and scientists and all heads of the states come together, the leaders who try to resolve these issues. But if we look honestly, and that's what we are trying to do today, is there any efficiency of their decisions? What actually have happened in our society, in climate? Have anyone succeeded to influence it, at least to change temperature within one or two degrees? Not many people think that all the summits and congresses are carried out at our expense, at the expense of taxpayers, of those who participate in the life of the society. And these are enormous money. Then also if we look volunteers. Uh, there are volunteers of our movement all over the world who are not indifferent to the situation in climate, in society. How can a person participate? How can he or she 
uh, draw his attention and direct his attention to what is happening. This is not only what you have faced in Italy, but all our participants faced a situation that all these official conferences are closed. You have to be official participant, you have to pay an entry fee, and which is high, ex highly expensive. Although these issues relate to all of us, today our conference and basically all um, Alatra platform conferences are volunteer events. These are free meetings. These are what people are doing themselves. We are living in a 21st century where technologies allow it, enable us to do this. I'd like also to go back to the problems of the consumer society and how it is uh, influencing, how it is influencing science today. Um, today, um, since we are uh, looking at the problems uh, in the consumer, materialistic, egoistic society, it also concerns the society, the society, I mean, the science. And uh, instead of uh, caring for people, there are a lot of economic uh, interests behind it. And um, that's why our question would be, how do you think, is there, is there enough attention and financing uh, paid to, to the science, for example, funding cataclysm or such uh, suddenly events like, for example, eruption of completely gray. Uh, suddenly events like a very, very interesting question. So, <laughs> science is a very hard work. So, scientists have to um, to find a compromise sometime between uh, their uh, their research and uh, founding uh, and government and so on. Uh, this is why since uh, some tens of years uh, I am denouncing uh, the fact that uh, in spite of uh, our knowledge about the risk uh, in uh, this area, which is the most dangerous in the world, there is no an emergency plan. So we are sitting. Yeah. In fact, we are sitting on a company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We are exactly on two volcanoes in the middle uh, in a, of a wide volcan volcanic field. Vesuvius is uh, on our left and Campi Flegre on our uh, right. Uh, and uh, the science, uh, the science level is very high. So we know a lot about the the, uh, the past eruptions uh, and about the climate. We also, as geologists, we know the long-term uh, climate change uh, due to several factors, uh, including the rotation of our solar system around the, the galaxy, uh, as well as the, the chance of, uh, um, of Earth uh, uh, axis uh, and other facts, including the, the global tectonics. Uh, and the detail is relatively high. So we know uh, that sea level is continually increasing in the last centuries. Here in Campi Flegre, uh, about uh, more than 20 years ago, I carried out the research on uh, uh, the, um, the, the sea level change uh, due to uh, the, the combined effect of sea level change due to the, the global sea level change and the local tectonic due to the caldera dynamics. So Campi Plegrei is a very active caldera. So uh, it is mostly subject to a sinking and then an uplift, which is called a bradyseism. 
And so uh, we know that the, 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 the sea level changes continuously. The problem is that the, the, the detail uh, of the last uh, uh, a couple of centuries, uh, since uh, uh, the, um, uh, the, the increasing uh, of, uh, of uh, CO2 production due to human activities. So this is, uh, for some aspect, this is still an, an, over, an open problem. However, uh, science is very, very active in this sense. But going back to the volcanoes, um, we know, in this case, we know that there is a risk because these volcanoes have been active in the last uh, tens uh, of thousands of years uh, with uh, even very large uh, volcanic eruptions like the one occurred uh, 40,000 years ago, the so-called Campania in Bright, a single eruption which produced something like uh, 100 times uh, the volume of the Pompeii eruption of Vesuvius in a, in a couple of days. In an eruption like this, uh, uh, a lot of fine ash and gases are directly injected into the stratosphere, and this can cause uh, a, a volcanic winter, which is similar to uh, the, the nuclear winter. So one of the spectrum of the last century, the, the last century was the risk of some thermonuclear war, which can uh, uh, produce a lot of, uh, uh, of ash and gases, which can uh, protect, uh, protect which, when, uh, which can represent a screen against the solar radiation. But so how it, predictable it is. It is inverse. It is in, it, inverse to the global warming. This is the winter. Mm. Uh, so we know that uh, in the past we have had many uh, events, like uh, many many events of uh, uh, volcanic winter. But uh, if we consider that um, for a so simple, relatively simple. Uh, risk like the, the one of uh, an active volcano, uh, billion, a million of people living in the, in, the, uh, in the area exposed to the risk of this volcano. There is still not an emergency plan. Uh, what, uh, what I, I denounced uh, in the past century, in the past uh, tens of years, in the past decades, uh, this is an evidence uh, um, of the fact that, with, that even uh, good scientists, uh, scientists with, which, are, which have no compromise with uh, the, the, uh, the business, uh, have to, to fight against, the, against some of the, the, the uh, some aspect of the society. Uh, so politics, uh, other interests. For, for example, people here in Naples uh, are very much uh, interested in uh, realizing new buildings. And so probably uh, the administrator and uh, uh, responsible and officials uh, um, receive this, uh, uh, have a, have a clear idea of this priority. So sometimes uh, the business starts from the base. So the, re the request 
of uh, the general, uh, the, so the general request, the, uh, the, the, um, uh, the, 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 the business are probably um, are driven by the, the people in, in, the, in its totality. Uh, the, the, uh, yeah, consumers. So uh, for the, the global warming, some uh, um, denounced that uh, um, many, um, many, uh, many countries want to consume more and more energy. And so we cannot uh, uh, we cannot uh, stop these uh, these uh, their activity their development and so for example in the past I remember there was somebody uh, convinced that there was uh, some secret project uh, to uh, to make a screen in the in the stratosphere uh, by using aircraft and producing uh, uh, these. Uh, um, uh, to say um, uh, um, chemical but, uh, Dr. Master Lawrence, hey. isn't it much, much more important to pay attention to preparation because we cannot influence volcanoes, yes, this, isn't this, it? This is the problem. So we know the risks. We know the natural risks. The problem is yes. not that we don't know the risks. So we have there are many, many uh, disasters in Italy last, in the last years, earthquakes, uh, flooding, uh, um, uh, some eruption, not so strong. Last month we had a relatively stronger eruption in Stromboli. And we know that Stromboli is, uh, uh, is uh, ready for a catastrophe at any time because we know that the northwestern sector of Stromboli um, can collapse, collapse at any time and produce a tsunami which can uh, impact in all the Tyrrhenian and, and probably all Mediterranean Sea. I was responsible for monitoring this volcano in the last crisis which occurred uh, in 2002-2003 and uh, the flank was sinking very, very, uh, very rapidly and so we were ready for a tsunami in this. Are people really ready for it? Yeah. Are the, people really ready for it? Yeah. The, the, the problem is that this, uh, this phenomenon may occur at any time, as well as a large-scale eruption can occur at any time. So we must change our approach to this. We must prepare the people uh, with the very detailed uh, communication information uh, about the risks uh, and uh, and uh, change uh, their their approach to the life. So we must think uh, to the present, uh, but also to the future. So uh, the ethic may be applied to the uh, um, may be extended to the future generation. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think. That so, in spite of the, the development of the science, uh, we are uh, more or less uh, in, a, um, in a prehistoric time. So, we are uh, probably we are Neanderthalian as approach, even if we have 
science, very, very uh, effective uh, um, scientific development. We'll come back to this uh, yeah. topic because uh, you mentioned the science. Uh, if I may, I would like to share my impression for uh, coming to Naples because it's our first time for many participants today. Um, Dr. Mastro Lorenzo, I'm just not astonished, I'm, uh, I'm shocked. Because uh, while flying under the Naples, you see uh, the Vesuvius on the left side, and you see that people are settled down just yeah. practically on the volcano. It is unbelievable how, wh where is this feeling of feeling danger that is, you're sitting, it's just really under the feet. It's, uh, How people living here for centuries? Where is this uh, caring for our lives, for our value of life? Where is it? Uh, you see, there are many, millions, millions of people living here. And uh, when you say there are no evacuation plans, and we will come back to this uh, question again, uh, how is it possible? Um, and you already asked, uh, answered this question, the consumer attitude, where is the value of life? And um, so these impressions, I hope uh, it will also change uh, the attitude to science, um, not only of scientists, because you are here and you are active, you uh, asking, you know, talking to people, but also the Napolitanians who live here, who would also take care of their lives, because not, not on the, none of other people, nobody will do that for them. So we have to be active. And we will proceed um, with the topic of science. Um, Спасибо огромное, Джузеппе. Поскольку мы коснулись раздела науки, хотели бы передать слово Елизавете Хромовой, геологу из Москвы. towards getting ready to global climate change but what is modern science doing right now i would like to introduce my colleague alexandra ignatieva engineer meteorologist climate specialist and we will speak about the topic of the consumer format in the scientific research and i would like to tell you about the an interesting phenomena exists uh, which exists in the world uh, so there is the expression called the British scientists have proven, the British scientists have uh, uh, found. thing is that the British researchers are writing a lot right now. So now in the Russian language, the expression the, the British scientist means something ironic. The British scientist means some crazy scientists who focus on some um, research that nobody needs and sometimes this research is believed to be false. So a lot of research is directed towards the so-called loud discoveries and they're published and they're actively discussed and at the same time they can be false. And the British scientists themselves have came to this conclusion. They have analyzed uh, the situation using maths and statistics methods and they have um, um, they have realized how their research directions are selected. So they, the British scientists, discovered that um, the funding is given to those projects that bring the most screaming headlines. And at the same time, they understand that they must focus 
on those research that on that research that um, benefits society and not uh, uh, not to that research that makes screaming headlines and the question is now in the times of global cataclysm is it worth to direct public funds to um, to study these uh, screaming headlines and at the same time we are the ones responsible for consuming these kind of uh, um, headlines, articles, because, you know, if there is supply, there is demand. If people read these articles with screaming headlines, then the situation continues. I would also like to add a few things. The thing is that the government spends a lot, just a little time, just 4%, up to 4% of the JDP for science. Two or three countries and other countries um, spend two or less percent of GDP. Two percent for science, for studying nature. Now, this is happening now when the entire world is on the verge, on the brink, when there is a, when humanity is facing the choice whether it will survive or not. In the US, 70 percent from the money that goes to um, to science is the money of private capital. So if it's private capital money, then the question is what uh, tasks uh, does this private uh, capital, um, what task does it have in front of the science? The tasks of generating quick profit. Another comment. How is this percentage distributed? How are grants distributed? My friend, also a meteorologist, and she used to work in the Ministry of uh, Science and Education, and she shared the following with me. It is very important. So, the projects that are truly important for studying different phenomena receive no money because of the fact that scientists were unable to um, to file the application in the right way. In other words, who receives this grants? Those people have a big name. Those people receive these grants who generate a quick profit or who or whose works are highly praised. And you know how this appraisal is uh, formulated? It, it is formed based on the number of uh, articles published in scientific journals and not on the benefit of society. So to understand it correctly that um, um, those projects are funded that have more references in the scientific world. A lot of research is published um, on those web pages that are paid, and also a lot of research are written in a very complicated language. Another problem is that there are there are um, high technology uh, studies, but they are hidden, or just a small percentage of people benefits from this kind of research. Those who can afford it. Unfortunately, the ethics in science is secondary, to say the least. And the future of the entire humanity depends on where science goes. Depends on whether scientists make uh, screaming headlines 
or whether they're focused on developing society, on creating methods that will be able to forecast and help the entire mankind to survive. Yes. Yes. I would like to say a few words about forecasting, so nothing has changed. So let's look at Dorian Hurricane. So this Dorian Hurricane was just on the Bahom uh, above Bahamas, and uh, scientists were unable to predict it. Why were they unable to predict it? Because they see the visible phenomena, and they want to know nothing about what is happening in the in invisible world. In other words. In order for our scientists to be able to do something, they must broaden their horizons, broaden their outlooks. They must change their theories. They must step away from classic theories that they're using right now. They must broaden their knowledge and step away from the materialistic worldview. I agree with you 100%. Right now, Science is at a dead end, and this dead end is the materialistic consumer format behavior. But what if a new stage of development of science is the creative scientist? In other words, when personal qualities of his sincerity, his kindness, his honesty um, to help people, what if it comes up front? Because science is the method to serve all people. It, it, it is a benefit to benefit all mankind. because. Researchers want to help all people, and we have a way out. We can change everything. We can start by not being silent. And everyone must start with focusing each other. We have a way out, and the way out is the creative society. Yes, I agree with you fully. For us, for us, this way out was shown in the report by Alatra Movement on the problems and consequences of global climate change on Earth. Effective ways to solve these problems. People uh, study it and they translate it into different languages. And also Alatra volunteers have created a public platform which enables common people, but include well also scientists. The platform for everyone to publish their articles, to post videos, and any person, any researcher can join this initiative voluntarily and give their research to people. And this is getting together. This is unity. Thank you very much. And now I would like to give the floor to Olga Malakhova in Belarus. Thank you. The question is, what is happening in science now? Starting since 1990, um, there, were, there was a decreasing uh, amount of money that was uh, spent on studying nature. We're still using the laws 
that were adopted at the beginning of the 20th century. And people are receiving the Nobel Prizes even now for the laws in physics, say. And those researchers who work not for money, but who are interested in knowing the truth, those people, those researchers are disunited. And quite often they're lacking money to even participate in joint projects because this requires money to publish their articles and even just to talk to one another. Uh, these researchers are unable to do that because they are not united. But how? what is the right way to do this right now when climate is changing on a global scale, when this uh, cycle of 12,100 cycles are um, changing right now? It is important to for researchers to unite climatologists, physics, astrophysics, biologists, microbiologists and many other areas. It is necessary to study and forecast the processes and phenomena that are taking place right now. It is important to explain how these processes happen. It is important to help people survive this. New laws are necessary that explain natural phenomena. Platforms are needed for these researchers to communicate, to discuss things. And even one joint meeting of researchers of different countries will provide grounds for unification of uh, um, grounds for unification of different peoples than if you compare it with the years of diplomacy and it will develop their thoughts their ideas and we a lot of participants are happy to provide this platform now i would like to give the floor to the naples to vladimir aksenenko um master of science uh, Vladimir, the floor is yours. Thank you very much. Thank you, Olga. Uh, really, today uh, we've talked about uh, the topic where uh, the financial cost in science is directed to. And unfortunately, uh, if you just to say it in general, um, uh, today science is in the elite's hands and it's often used to maintain uh, the consumer uh, format of society as well as uh, mass media does. Uh, so, uh, for example, if you need to spread a certain point of view, you should use uh, the following mechanism. Almost uh, at the same time, different publications in magazines uh, for, uh, by different authors um, are being printed. Um, uh, but uh, but these articles uh, they they are almost of the same contents and this, uh, they have the same conclusions and you know um, if, uh, there is such kind of atmosphere being created as of as if uh, this point of view is uh, being um, maintained by the whole world. But is it really so? An example can be a scientific um, uh, just explanation of Oklahoma earthquake. And you know that this state um, is situated in the center of our North American continent. And um, um, this um, is, is considered to be a solid plate. So uh, earthquakes can't be can happen there, but uh, if you uh, just um, beginning with uh, 2014 and 2015, uh, the earthquake magnitude uh, increased up to uh, 5.8. So officially, our uh, science explained that um, by the fact uh, that in that region there was uh, the shale gas um, production. 
Um, and uh, this, um, as the result, there were voids, and these voids were filled with water, and uh, these uh, faults uh, were kind of the reason of all those earthquakes. But uh, when earthquakes uh, of magnitude 5.8 started to occur, so uh, the um, reason um, for those earthquakes just is still a question. So um, actually, it's obvious that the true um, the truth uh, reason of those earthquakes is um, not conveyed and is kept as a secret by the elite, but thanks to the uh, IPM, Alatra, uh, thanks to the report uh, of Alatra Science, um, we know now the truth that the reason uh, of those earthquakes is uh, they just uh, the fault of North American continent is just lies along. But why don't people know about that? Uh, why uh, isn't this information uh, being um, uh, widespread in mass media? And why uh, uh, why don't responsible people for that tell about that? But uh, the elite, of course, keeps silent. Uh, but maybe people should stop silent and you know just publicly uh, voice that information. What is really happening to the climate today? So uh, the way out is actually is in our hands, and we shouldn't shift responsibility to other people, uh, to the same scientists. And here another question arises uh, that one, one thing is that scientists, um, let's say, uh, they, uh, yeah, the, we are talking now about uh, misinformation uh, or um, one point is when the scient scientists know about this true information. So it's kind of uh, on the one uh, scale um, we put uh, people's lives and on the other scale it just uh, uh, prizes for your publication. So if you are a scientist, um, what will you do if it concerns really your family? The elite uh, knows perfectly well what's happening on our planet with the climate, but the question is um, why are we imposed this myth of overpopulation on our planet? Um, doesn't our planet have enough space of, and uh, in, enough uh, opportunities to feed uh, um, 8 billion people? And where? Um, in our uh, the science efforts directed to actually today we can do we we we, we can change uh, our planet situation just within years why not to explore space why not to direct money on exploring the space why don't we just uh, direct our efforts on creative processes and not to uh, support uh, the destructive programs we shouldn't uh, direct our uh, we shouldn't redirect our uh, just kind of development uh, as to the Stone Age times, but let's let let's develop as um, civilization. And we are sure that when uh, the majority of people voice their opinion uh, that we don't want to serve the elite, but we want to create, we want to make our own choice and to live in a society in which we want to live. We want to live in the creative and constructive society. And, and then the changes uh, will take place in the nearest future. Thank you very much. Right, we have a, com a comment. Um, 
by Dr. Master Lorenzo uh, as to the uh, shale gas production. Caldera for to produce uh, geothermal energy, and so I had to demonstrate that it is, it is very dangerous because uh, in many places like you know, Kaoma and other places, the drilling uh, and uh, um, geothermal uh, production of geothermal energy may induce earthquakes and cause uh, even large earthquakes. But what is very interesting is that all my all uh, Italian scientists and uh, the director of my institution, the previous director, uh, was a consultant of, of this society who, uh, who had the project drilling in Campi Fregrade. Do so they know they, that they are sitting on the Campi Fregrade as a super -worker? Yes, but I stopped at this project because I demonstrated, I, I, I presented my criticisms to the ministry responsible for uh, uh, this activity for the environment and I demonstrated that uh, we don't know in accurate details the, uh, the deep stratification uh, uh, in order to create this activity, and we don't know the relationships between uh, between human activity and uh, and disasters. Uh, so, for the principle of precaution, we have to stop everything. Uh, is uh, not uh, sure. So, everything that we cannot uh, uh, describe in terms of uh, possible evolution, and in most of natural phenomena, we are not able to make provision. So uh, most of phenomena are not linear, but uh, even as a very small um, human action may induce uh, even large, very large effects. Uh, and now I'm still uh, fight, uh, fighting against projects like these uh, in central Italy, for example, in Bolsena Lake. There, there are other projects with uh, um, my colleagues, geologist, uh, expert, as uh, consultant for deep drilling uh, for, uh, in order to produce geothermal energy. Very uh, critical area. Uh, for example, in uh, Bolsena Lake, a project like this may cause uh, the changing uh, of the, uh, the fresh water of the lake. Uh, in, uh, in water rich in arsenic, so lethal water, uh, because, uh, uh, but this, this is in evidence uh, of how uh, critical is to discriminate between, uh, uh, between uh, the scientific uh, opinion, the correct scientific opinion, and the scientific opinion finalized to some uh, business. So we have to uh, to make a, a strong uh, control of this of this phenomena. I mean, the citizens of Naples. Uh, I mean, how do they uh, let it be? I mean, the problem is, is the problem is that uh, in many cases uh, uh, people um, are not conscious, uh, are not uh, uh, so so the, the um, disasters or or natural risks or risks induced by 
by by us uh, with this type of activity are not a priority for people. So the, the priority of people in Naples uh, are uh, the job, the, uh, the, the, the house, uh, uh, and uh, if we consider health problems. Are, so um, it is very difficult to convince people in Vesuvius area and Campi Flegrei that uh, even if the generation can survive because uh, the operation will not occur in the, the in next years, in next tens of years, future generations are exposed. For example, I studied the victims of, of Pompeii, Herculaneum, and I demonstrated that they were killed by extreme heat in a fraction of a second. But people uh, absolutely uh, didn't know that that mountain was a volcano. So we are about in the same situation people even if even if they know they do not believe that their generation will be killed by the volcanic eruption and this this is a normal because of the priority the the, the, the priority of everyday life for people but this is not normal and not and not acceptable for the officials, government, and scientists. And in, in many cases, uh, there is a compromise between science, uh, scientists, uh, government, uh, civil defense. This also because in many cases uh, the the founding. I never asked for founding uh, in order to be be free as scientists. So my research was very hard to, to work. Because you are also citizen of yeah, but I mean, also I'm, I'm sorry. May I also pay attention yes. because scientists, politicians, yeah. politicians, and citizens, normal citizens—they are all people yes. who will be affected by it. It's not yes, certain. That's right. But everybody is a, a personal, uh, a personal um, time scale for for the action. For example. Uh, administrator thinks, okay, an eruption will not occur in the next three years, and then I will change my job. Sorry, scientists cannot predict the eruption, but the administration can. Scientists believe, okay, my uh, I have to uh, to work in my institution for uh, for uh, ten years more, and I have to produce. Uh, uh, the search to, to publish my papers and to um, to, to uh, improve my position in the institution. The chief for civil defense thinks uh, uh, we have a lot of priorities. So uh, let's, uh, then we think about the risk, the volcanic risk, and so on. And we have an example in uh, uh, 2009 when the uh, L'Aquila uh, earthquake occurred. So in the case. Uh, the, uh, the, the, there was a trial, but in that case, uh, the chief of civil defense asked to the scientists, please uh, tell me uh, if there will be, a, a, if there is a possibility of a larger earthquakes during a, a, a seismic crisis. So in a moment when the, the, uh, the possibility uh, of occurrence of a larger earthquakes uh, is uh, higher, and according to the trials, scientists uh, uh, say probably there is no so slight probabilities. So, and and the chief of civil defense uh, assured the people, please, you 
please, you can go back in your houses. There will be no large earthquakes. Uh, this was a simple a game. So uh, they just uh, played with the probability and sure, say, oh, probably, even if they uh, were not conscious of that, they say, but we know that large earthquakes uh, uh, exist, but uh, not in my period of uh, responsibility. And uh, major, even if many, many, uh, my colleagues, uh, scientists, uh, uh, love science and they love they, their job, then they need money. And you know that uh, you cannot ask money to the government if uh, you're, uh, if you denounce something which is uh, critical for government politics and so on. This is why, uh, since 20 years ago, I was denouncing the, the risk for this area Basi on the basis of my research on the violent effect of uh, the 79 AD uh, Pompeii eruption on the people. Uh, and uh, the evidence from stratigraphy that many eruptions like that had occurred. And then I discovered another eruption, another Plinian eruption, which had, had occurred uh, 2,000 years before Pompeii and devastated all, all the area around Naples up to a distance of 25 kilometers apart from, from the volcano. Uh, so in, in case of an eruption like that, about uh, three, four million of people will be exposed to the risk. So I denounced uh, uh, in the National Academy of Science of the USA with this article, the absence of an emergency plan, and the National Geographic uh, produced the dossier about my research, and this created serious problem in civil defense because uh, I demonstrated that there was no emergency plan. And the, uh, the chief of civil defense at that time was uh, uh, asked to the, uh, my president, uh, please, you have to stop Master Renzo because he denounced that uh, volcanoes are dangerous. And uh, by, I, insisted, I insisted with my denunciation, uh, convinced, convinced that uh, they had to, to finish this emergency plan, which which was announced in many cases as a completed, but this was not. But still now, there is no completed emergency plan with an evacuation plan. But just money given for new projects, uh, new studies for vulnerability, for, uh, for hazard, and new organization of the facts. So there will be a, 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 some uh, uh, some um, simulation of an emergency in Campi Flegrei in next October, and this is comic because uh, this simulation uh, will be uh, will be uh, carried out in the absence of an emergency plan. So they will be or in case of an eruption, you will uh, reach that square and weigh you that square and that, but there is no evacuation plan. Dr. Lanza, I'm sorry. We will come back to this topic yes, okay. because I would like to ask one more question okay. regarding the uh, evacuation plans. Um, я бы хотела обратить внимание на то, что um, происходит действительно сейчас и в науке, и uh, в обществе. И, как мы видим, доктор Мастро Лоренцо обратил внимание на то, что люди... Uh, today, um, uh, of course, are busy with just um, um, 
how to earn for a living. Uh, and Igor Mikhailovich Danilo in uh, the program uh, The Future is Now, The Climate Future is Now, just uh, paid attention uh, that uh, uh, he raised a question as of the consumer society. So, uh, really, uh, um, we live in such times uh, when we don't have uh, time just to think about our survival. So, with these cataclysms um, uh, may occur any any moment, just at any moment, and we don't have even 50 years, but uh, do we usually, uh, do, do we actually use of this opportunity to get ready for the evacuation? And uh, uh, is it just, um, do we have these opportunities for getting ready uh, appropriately? As uh, today we have many discussions, uh, why is the climate um, uh, being changed? And, uh, and you know, the officials state that uh, um, they, they may foresee and uh, give forecast uh, for the seismic activity, um, which is really astonishing uh, for the scientists, um, as the eyewitnesses of uh, these uh, events, which actually uh, have encountered this experience, and of course they have their own uh, point of view. Of course, now I give uh, the floor to uh, Yekaterina from LA, and uh, she would like to share her view, uh, her experience, um, with what she was encountered during the earthquake. So, Sometimes tsunamis and, of course, the earthquakes. So I'd like to tell about the earthquakes that just recently earthquakes. So I'd like to tell about the earthquakes that just recently happened in the beginning of July. Magnitude earthquake, and I live in California since 2007, and I already have some experience of 3.5 or maybe up to 5.4, and I know they feel probably for three, maybe five seconds, but this time it was way stronger, and they last somewhat longer, let's say 10 to 12 seconds, and a lot of people they got scared. So these two earthquakes they were unusual, unusual in some ways, I would say, because. Uh, first of all, two big earthquakes, they rarely happen in the same area, um, one up to another. And the second fact that surprised me, um, considering the strength, it was really strong and um, we have little to no damage. And I was thinking about that, probably it, it is because the epicenter was in a very low populated area, but we know examples when the extents, uh, when the um, such strong earthquakes happen in a highly populated area with the extensive infrastructure. Uh, it brings a lot of damage and it takes lives of many people. And just to name a few, the earthquake that happened in 1994 in Ridgewood, this is the part of California, 
it took life of 60 people and it, um, 9,000 people uh, were injured. Or let's say the earthquake that happened in 1904 in San Francisco that took life of 3,000 people and 80% of the city was destroyed. So what do we have as of, as of right now? Um, the scientists, the experts, they are saying that we might expect even a bigger earthquake along the San Andreas Fault. And as Lucy Jones, the seismologist of Caltech mentioned, we know it's gonna happen, but we don't know when and where. And so scientists, they do urge people to be ready to prepare. And we can't rely on guessing. We can't hope that next time it's gonna be okay because this time we were lucky. No one was injured. No one, we didn't have any extensive damage, but uh, we know that every life is priceless and we should do our best to not become victims of selfishness and um, carelessness in the future. We just forgot that our life is fleeting. It's, uh, and we may lose it in, at any moment. And all Californians felt it. It was felt not only by California, it was felt by residents in the state of Nevada and Arizona. So 30 million people felt the earthquake. And I think we should think about um, why we're really here. Uh, what is the purpose of this life? And we should do our best to become alive, to, be, to become truly alive. Thank you. Um, the same earthquakes uh, that um, uh, happened in California, the Katrina has brought the same um, uh, Dorian hurricane uh, uh, that uh, the uh, citizens of Bahamas um, experienced. All these uh, events. Um, so, I, uh, uh, so uh, all these uh, climatic natural disasters uh, kind of behave um, just not usually because the scientists that uh, just expected um, their intensity uh, um, to be less and uh, it was uh, just of course surprising uh, for the scientists that the natural uh, disaster uh, kind of just didn't touch um, or didn't cause lots of lots of casualties and the scientists themselves are uh, the answer that uh, it's a kind of somebody regulates these anomalies uh, but actually just to come back to us um, do we make any conclusions out of that so if you say just okay these people were lucky but um, can can they be lucky tomorrow can we just expect a better scenario as Dr. Um, Master Lorenzo had mentioned that people expect a better uh, a scenario of these uh, natural disasters as if, okay, maybe we can just skip it uh, or just uh, nothing serious uh, will be. But as um, is it, it, um, it's very important just to uh, uh, develop the programs for warning people. So uh, next question is how to warn, warn people. And here I'm using uh, uh, the opportunity at the conference. So uh, the participants are specialists in IT technologists uh, have joined us today and they have uh, their own view on how to uh, just um, how to solve this issue, um, just how IT specialists um, uh, having united can uh, help the whole humanity. 
So we give the floor to Evgeny Kovalev from Moldova. Hello, can you hear me? Okay. Due to the natural disasters lately, we have a very important question about how to warn people. During the last few years, the disasters that happened in the world, uh, we know that we can solve this issue, solve this problem only together. And I would like to raise a question on what kind of warning uh, systems uh, are currently in the world so people can cooperate between each other to save them during natural disasters and why we don't have such technologies currently or maybe we don't use them properly. And, and I would like to look at the experience of um, developed countries like Japan and the States that know how to act in such situations. From one side, there is a lot of channels of uh, information, satellites, TV, radio, phone calls, SMSs, systems of um, air alert, and, and these systems are good for warning people like during hurricane disasters, but as it shows from the experience, internet, SMSs, they might not work properly during such events. And currently, the most effective way to warn people is to use satellites for that. And it turns out that all these technologies from one side from one side, these technologies are currently we have a lot of disasters and cataclysms like volcanic eruptions and earthquakes that are hard to predict. And using such technologies is useless to predict such disasters. And Using the current channels of connection between people and warning people um, is not very good for uh, regular people because uh, the first ones to find out about the disaster are governments. And now we can ask a question, uh, do we need such people uh, that are in charge that get informed the first. And also if to take a look at the warning systems of regular people, um, in some countries there are SMSs, uh, in some countries, there are uh, cell phone calls, 
and during the disasters they might be overloaded. And also there are some countries that use the air alarms uh, that was used during the Second World War. And we can ask the question uh, if this if this system works properly and, and what do people know about what to do when once they hear such alarm? And I have an example. I live in the Republic of Moldova, and I live near the seismic reactive zone ranch, which is located uh, in the eastern uh, part of Ukrainian Carpathian Mountains and southern Romanian. And and, and in this area, usually the earthquake, the earthquake's magnitude is 8.3 maximum. So, which means that um, if there is an earthquake uh, in the place where I live, it can become a magnitude of six. And currently, Currently, if an earthquake happens, we have 40 seconds, uh, we have just 40 seconds to save ourselves. And what do you do in 40 seconds? Um, and as we can see right now, uh, during the natural disasters and cataclysms, um, the systems of warning people um, of alerting, they either do not work properly or do not give uh, the required amount of time to prepare people to save themselves. And right now we need to find, find a system, create a system that will belong to all people that will help to predict such um, disasters and currently we have a question is it possible to create such a system and here i would like to give you some um, statistic data according to adc uh, this is an international company in it technologies uh, they state that at the beginning of 2018, there are more than 22 million developers, computer developers in the world. And it's a huge human intellectual resources. But what do they really do? What, this, what do these specialists do in their everyday life? So what they do is actually, they're doing business business for a consumer society and I would like to ask them a question. Um, do they feel good? Do they feel pleasure from their work? From what? And uh, I can tell you from my experience, but the answer is no. If to just take a look at the uh, way they came into the technologies, what what they wanted to do. Um, they wanted to create something. They wanted to do something that will be good for all people, for all world. And 
if these specialists, IT specialists, would do something good, all the people in their free time, if they could create a system that could save the lives of many people, uh, including the lives of these specialists, actually, and I would like to say that currently the participants of international public movement already are united and they're creating a lot of different projects, including the project um, in IT field. I would like to invite all scientists um, to the new project that will be held on the platform of Alatra. It will be a game of professionals, society, the last, the last chance, IT technologies. I would like to invite everyone to this um, meeting that will be held soon. Evgeny, thank you very much. It's an example of how we can use all our resources to get ready for this. And for this, we need a platform which already exists. Which means that we already today can unite efforts and help all the people help not just a single groups of populations. Unfortunately, today in the consumer society, very few people think about what global role people mu must play in the future. I've paid attention to the, to the following today. If um, um, the person just thinks about earning money, for his family, it means that all our values boil down to material views. And this is why I would like to ask uh, Dr. Master Lorenzo. Question about the emergency case is uh, coming just to certain people, let's say administration, and they decide uh, to inform or not to inform people. Um, you mentioned also that they can practically predict uh, eruptions or seismic activity, whether they will occur or not. Uh, so that's why. Um, my question would be, how do you think in such consumer society with such consumer attitude and uh, egoistic uh, format in the society, how actually this decision will be made uh, for people about the evacuation? Uh, this probably is the most critical, um, the most critical problem uh, because, uh, uh, you know, the perception of uh, uh, Common, of common people, uh, of uh, a natural hazard, is uh, very low. This is because uh, um, natural disasters are relatively rare and unpredictable in most of cases uh, and uh, are not uh, in your uh, life experience. 
This is why it is very difficult to make communication. For example, uh, when there was the last crisis uh, of Bradicism in Campi Flegrei, uh, between uh, uh, 1982 1984, I was just uh, um, a graduate at the time, and uh, I was starting with my research. So in that period, uh, about uh, 16,000 earthquakes occurred in the caldera, and up, an, an uplift of about two meters occurs in, uh, occurred in two years. In that case, uh, because people had the direct evidence of the phenomena, people asked, what can I do? And most uh, left the area, uh, even if there was no uh, advice from the administrator. In this period, even if you, you uh, tell the people, uh, oh, this is very dangerous, uh, calmly, people just consider this as an, a, a scientific information, but not a real problem. And uh, uh, this indicated that uh, um, people just believe, uh, believe to the things uh, that can uh, um, see directly. Uh, this is why administrators, physicians, and scientists uh, must insist and uh, also um, make, uh, for example, um, uh, simulation of the events and so on. But the problem is uh, how to communicate and who communicate the risk and, uh, and the, the level of alert and so on. In many cases, in um, um, I make uh, um, information uh, in uh, documentaries, international documentaries, because they are most interested to the, uh, the reality of uh, the, the uh, actuality of the risk, uh, because also national journalism uh, often is controlled by the, uh, the government and so on. So they follow the general indication of the government. And, uh, uh, for example, uh, when uh, uh, they ask, oh, you have a, a very good monitoring system here in Naples, because we have a very good monitoring system uh, uh, for the volcanoes and also for the, the earthquakes, I say, well, monitoring system is very effective in describing uh, everything occurred up to one uh, second before, but not for the next second. We don't know what will happen. And the, the major problem for the evacuation plan in this area is that uh, somebody will uh, have in charge the decision of an evacuation. And this is not uh, a pure scientific uh, decision, but uh, mostly a political decision. This is the emergency in uh, uh, Vesuvius and Campi Flegrei is considered, um, are considered the only two national emergency in Italy. So they will be, uh, um, uh, um, will be um, in charge of the prime minister uh, on the basis of the indication of national civil defense and scientists. And the problem is that we have no threshold. So uh, there is no uh, um, an absolute indicator of the 
imminence of an event. So the decision will be based on different opinions of scientists. Uh, if something, uh, uh, some crisis will start here in Campi Flegre or Vesuvius, uh, scientists will be asked by civil defense, uh, please, something is happening, and they have to give their opinion. So in my opinion, the eruption will not cure. And the other scientists will say, uh, well, I think the eruption could occur, but not uh, in next few days. And another one, another scientist could say, the eruption will occur uh, by sure uh, in a couple of, of days. So civil defense have to take a decision. But you said that there is no ways to predict it. I mean, you there is absolutely no, no ways to predict. Uh, so we, we cannot make, uh, we have not to make confusion between uh, prediction of earthquakes, which is absolutely impossible by using our present instruments, uh, and, and, uh, and volcanoes with the, the forecast uh, of uh, weather forecast, for example. Because in that case, we have a very, very accurate modeling based on uh, a, a near infinite number of uh, evidence uh, and, and tests. So every day we test uh, the, the weather uh, in every part of the world and so the evolution of the weather on the basis of uh, the change of the parameters, the humidity, temperature and so on. So uh, we can make provision. In this case, for example, uh, it is ridiculous that we say, oh, the eruption could occur. Because the first question I, I make to my, uh, I ask to my colleagues, Oh, well, so you think the eruption will not occur? Will not occur? Well, how many eruptions of this volcano uh, did you follow it personally with your instruments? No one. Okay, no eruptions. Because will this, uh, the next eruption uh, will be the first in history mm -hmm. of, of the science from Campi Flegre, because the last occurred and was a small eruption in 1538. Uh, the next eruption of Vesuvius will uh, be the first uh, uh, followed by scientists with instruments because of the last one occurred in 1944, there was just some seismograph. And, and also uh, the volcanic system is uh, very complex because uh, uh, the system may, may be influenced by and there is more chance of, of some parameters because the, the rising of magma depends on, on the temperature, pressure, uh, uh, density, gas content into the chamber, and then the state of the rocks and around the chamber, and then the, the load of the volcano, and, and, and then so many parameters that we cannot uh, uh, not, uh, describe. And we don't know the scientific, uh, the physical uh, uh, relationship between these two parameters. For example, just uh, in order to give you an example, one of my, uh, of my uh, victories was uh, when uh, I stopped the project of, of uh, deep drilling uh, in Ischia Island, is another volcanic area, uh, an island not far from Campi Flegrei, the uh, reactive in terms of uh, seismicity and uh, and um, other phenomena, hydrological risk and so on, and volcanoes and eruptions. 
in the in the past uh, in the past thousands of years. And in the case, there was another project for uh, drilling in uh, Ischia Island in order to produce uh, uh, geothermal energy. The consultant was always the same, the director, the previous director of my institution. And so I had to fight with my institution, against my institution. In that case, uh, um, in the period uh, when I was writing my uh, criticism to this project for the ministry, uh, that uh, then stopped the, the, the project, uh, there was an earthquake mm. near the place uh, uh, where the drilling had to be located. And uh, uh, in the first period of, of three days, uh, the, um, the institution, uh, the, um, the, uh, the ses uh, seismologists um, uh, gather a wrong position for the epicenter, about 10 kilometers from the real position of the epicenter. So in order to uh, completely stop that project, uh, I demonstrated, so we know so in a so high detail, uh, uh, the rocks, uh, the, the system, that we, the, uh, we, um, uh, we make error of about 10 kilometers for the epicenter. So that means we don't know when the eruption could occur or seismic activity in which place exactly. So we, 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 are, we cannot be sure about nothing. So, but what, what's my, you know, question to you, how do you see the solution for it? If, for example, among the scientists, there is no, um, let's say, unity in understanding will it uh, occur or not, so the question to be or not to be, if they play, let's say, that, that really play with the lives of people, million people. We must consider the different types of, of hazards. For example, for earthquakes, the only one solution is to be protect, protected in, uh, in houses which can resist to the earth. Okay. Because uh, you cannot make any previsions, so you, um, in terms of uh, of uh, mitigation or risk, the only way is to have very good houses uh, um, which can resist to the earthquakes. About the volcanic risk, we know that uh, the uh, the event is not so instantaneous that the uh, the earthquakes. So uh, in the first phase of the eruption um, can be relatively slow, uh, relatively quiet, uh, even the, 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 the phase immediately before the eruption. Mm -hmm. uh, and we know that in the, pa in the past, even if there was no civil defense, uh, the people, most of the people survived to the, the eruption. For example, in Pompeii, uh, just uh, uh, about 10% of the people were killed by the eruption. So the risk uh, could be as paradox, could be produced by the civil defense uh, if they uh, assume to uh, be able to make a prediction and they are not. So if they say, okay, you can wait, the eruption will not occur tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So people must be ready at any time uh, for an evacuation. May I ask also, we have here um, the specialist, the influencer in the uh, uh, field of sustainability. Uh, Dorian, uh, may I ask you a question? Because it's, uh, Dr. Mastrolenza um, pointed out that uh, so we can practically minimize the, um, the um, consequences of the eruption, for example. How is it, for example, in an economy? And let's say 
at all in this society? What can we do? And what is the problem now? Uh, you also mentioned in our interview what, where you do see uh, the problems uh, regarding the adaptation and preparation. Well, yes. Um, I think that uh, the sustainability is uh, a problem uh, much more complex than uh, simply uh, climate change. Sustainability is uh, something that uh, needs uh, a change in thought. Uh, and this change in thought is uh, moving from uh, thinking only about profits, about short term, and uh, moving towards long term. This is why I uh, started uh, an organization that is called Long Term Economy, and uh, it is a blog that uh, unites bloggers all over the world. Uh, the mission is to, to, um, to train these bloggers uh, and to make them to think in a long-term perspective. So um, the platform we have created is uh, an, a learning platform that uh, is uh, uh, training these bloggers to, to, to produce, to develop the skill of uh, long-term thinking. So um, sustainability is something that uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, uh, concern only climate change, because uh, focusing only on climate change can damage other factors that uh, can concern the environment itself or the society. So uh, this is uh, what uh, we are doing uh, with long-term economy, and um, this is my uh, contribution to this wonderful de debate that uh, has uh, had uh, uh, a lot of uh, wonderful uh, comments and contributions and opinion and uh, especially technical uh, comments. Uh, I have seen a lot of environment, uh, some on uh, volcanology, uh, so uh, I really appreciated it and uh, I hope all of you can um, uh, learn something from uh, my from uh, my uh, organization from my initiative uh, that you can find by Google uh, long term economy. Thank you. Thank you very much. So um, spoke about this platform, your idea of uh, uniting bloggers, and uh, this is actually what also uh, already occurring on the platform of uh, Alatra uh, International Public Movement and. Um, as you spoke also about the economy, uh, we come back again to the consumer society and the, one of the biggest and the first problems are the unlimited uh, capitalization. And uh, on 11 of May and the next year on the conference Society of Last Chance, the question of limita limitation of uh, capitalization will, would be the first one because uh, making this step uh, would be would solve many problems such as investing in wars and um, uncontrolled spending on taxes and uh, the debts of, of uh, the external debts of countries. So um, the 
climate change, the uh, rapid climate change and natural catastrophes, uh, it's not only the, the events uh, themselves, they cause the global migration, uh, climatic migration, which is not so um, visible now yet for some of them, some of the people, uh, but we see them, for example, uh, in episodes of uh, international releases of um, climate breaking news made by participants of Alatribem. And we have today also present the doctor of uh, sociology. This is Dr. Uh, Abderrahim Anbi from Morocco. And we would like, we would like to hear your opinion on uh, climate change and the cause of it on international and global migration. Hi, hi, Dr. Abderrahim. Hi. Hi. Can you hear us? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, just you, technical is normal. Yeah. Then uh, I will um, speak Arabic language. Then Hawalt uh, uh, هذه أو سأحاول في هذا العمل أن أتحدث عن النزوح في علاقته بالتحولات أو التغيرات المناخية ونحن نعلم أن القارة الإفريقية من أهم المناطق أو الأكثر مناطق حرارة وجفافا because climate changes, a lot of people are migrating. And because of that, we see um, difficult life emerging in many continents. Today, we have many restrictions which uh, control the movement of people and their mobility, such as borders between countries and laws about uh, foreigners and migrants living in the country. And because of that, there is, it's becoming increasingly difficult to receive access to migration. Research in migration often studies migrants together with the hosting party. And um, this... Um, so we have focused on studying a migration and uh, the the research that communities do in order to understand the ways of access to the general um, sources of um, means for existence and realize the following. Migrant is often represented in a negative way and he is uh, surrounded by negative stereotypes. Morocco, one of the hosting countries because of immigration of foreigners. And actually, this led to creation of social representatives to stereotypes and the negative attitude towards foreigners. For instance, migrants from Africa are from the border to the south of Sahara are called black or slaves. And Europeans are called Christians, non-believers, homosexuals. Sometimes the epithets directed to a European migrant 
are less negative and people are just called a tourist. So it is interesting for us uh, how the hosting party um, see a migrant. In order to analyze and interpret and understand the conditions for the social perception and stereotypes, we accept Agadir uh, as the research area and as a hosting party, methodology of the research. Thanks to the interview um, with the research participants from the city of Agadir, we learned that behavior of many become the result of this uh, pre-concoctions, pre pre-notions related to, um, to the image, racism and discrimination of the hosting party. It happened despite the slogans of many associations which highlight that coexistence and um, saying no to violence was the only way of solving crises and problems related to migration and um, with the way of integrating migrants into the process of development, developing the future of the country. So migrant migration is still a very widespread problem for all the humanities for all the sciences. Um, during the field interviews with several respondents from Agadir city and also with few Senegal migrants, um, the following became clear. Most perceptions and preconcoctions in relation to migrants from the countries to the east of Sahara were very, very negative. The stereotypical opinion of the, um, of the Moroccan about the migrant was this. He is a thief, he is marginal, he has Ebola, he has HIV, he is um, pure, he is poor. Respondents told us that migrants to the uh, countries, uh, in, from the countries to the south of Sahara basically are criminals and they expect uh, um, theft from criminals and from these criminals from these migrants so these migrants are marginalized despite the fact that uh, while uh, the, during the interview one of the respondents saw that the migrant works as a cleaner social service trying to integrate into society, he says that the migrant from Senegal was a thief. The second respondent said that they migrants can develop a criminal activity and from, you know, from, and they can steal uh, and do some heavy crimes, basically. So from integration to exclusion. The migrant, according to respondents, lives in the, in the marginalized state as a result of exclusion from the social area of the city. And this exclusion is specifically marginalization. This black migrant, based on the reaction of respondents, is um, you know, can be insulted, he can be revoked, he, uh, cynicism can be applied to him because it is supposed that his, color, his skin color is black, so he's below them in level. Some Moroccans um, believe that the black people, even if they are not migrants, are people of the second class because of historic events that created stereotypes in the, in the minds of Moroccans since slavery, when the black people were brought uh, from the African countries for the work and for other low quality work. So basically the black person, the Moroccan culture means a person without work, it's a bad person and each time 
Um, you know, this is what people are saying about him. Climate change um, emerges the spiritual development of personality. Coexistence is the state in which religious, cultural, language and ethnic groups and colors are, um, are mixing with the feeling of respect to diversity uh, in the situation of dialogue without any violence or conflict. It is necessary to have a compromise formula directed at um, decreasing conflict inside social groups. All this can be achieved only uh, on the on the basis of the basic uh, condition which um, says that in any geographical region people have different characteristics but uh, uh, you know they have a lot of things in common and without this we cannot speak about the society which accepts migrants. So the so we must focus on um, mutual respect of customs, traditions and identity. The researcher, while describing a racist Moroccan society, calls to society uh, in which the hosting country is not accepting others, others that are different to them, which actually um, only made the situation less stable, less sustainable. The so-called ghetto itself creates different social diseases such as theft, uh, begging, the absence of integrating in the society. However, it is up to us to help them be a part of society. And here's the story of the migrant. I came to Morocco five years ago. I spent three years in Casablanca and two years in Agadir. When I was in Casablanca, I was working at a call center. But after that, uh, I, you know, my presence here stopped being legal. Then I decided to go to a city, to Agadir, to work uh, as a barber because it was my dream. I received um, a certificate in this area in um, institute in Dakar, but I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't work there in my country, so I thought, I'll do it in Agadir. I mean, I'm comfortable there. And while looking at the situation, we could see that the migrant changed his strategy under the influence of um, the environment where uh, this lady didn't want to work as a call center from the very beginning, but she did that in order to provide for the means of uh, coexistence. Sorry. So migrant in the the so migrant in the future is in the dangerous situation and it uh, makes us uh, and um, I would like to also to say that um, in the preparation to this conference, uh, we had a wonderful conversation uh, and talk between the Dr. Abdurrahim Andi and Dr. Khalid. Um, Our uh, friends shared their understandings, their ideas on climate change and their uh, consequences for our society, that um, we really have to change our consumer attitude, that we have to be prepared. And for, the, for this pur purpose, we have to unite. We have to change our way of thinking from consumer to a creative for uh, altruistic one. And um, they mentioned that, hey, actually our countries on a governmental uh, level, they are like enemies. But we are now talking as friends and nothing, um, yeah, nothing uh, makes it difficult to understand each other and to unite to really uh, make 
the contribution for the whole society. And that's why I would like to express my and our big gratitude to uh, all of you and to you, Dr. Anbi. Thank you very much. And a neuropathologist, and she's present today with us in Naples. Uh, Svetlana, hello. Just according to the International Service of Migrants, uh, the number of uh, migrants is over 70 million already. That is, uh, this number is still increasing. increasing. And the policy is uh, just aimed to, uh, of course, uh, to, to decrease the influx of migrants. The elite uh, imposes a uh, negative attitude uh, of the locals towards the migrants. Uh, on TV, just mass media, it's been constantly uh, just voice that how, how much money the government spends on uh, the migrants. Of course, an ordinary person might think that why he, should he work just uh, and uh, uh, should pay taxes for the migrants? And uh, supposed that the government is paying migrants uh, benefits. Uh, Although uh, um, in Italy there has been um, just a document uh, which actually limits, uh, just uh, makes the procedure uh, uh, for the residents for migrants difficult. The help for the migrants uh, just uh, um, is evaluated as and uh, just anti legal. And actually, the, as the consequence, more and more people die on the just um, um, uh, Middle East region. Until the year of 2019, about 18,000 of people uh, died. Uh, and there has been an increase in the number of climatic refugees. And just since um, uh, July, since January to July 2019, some million billion, uh, pe million people were just forced to uh, leave their homes as a cons consequence of the climate changes. And the international law uh, does not um, uh, confirm uh, the legal status of the uh, um, refugees. And uh, the, climate, the climate refugees can be even forced to leave the country and to, um, forced to come back to his um, uh, deserted country as it had happened after the hurricane uh, Victoria. As the uh, American company um, just uh, stated that uh, passengers without visa to the US uh, just uh, won't be let into the country, and um, many people were not allowed to enter the country. So while uh, the government uh, just um, doesn't allow uh, um, the mig migration, I know lots of examples uh, lately, uh, for the recent years, doctors of Switzerland they prefer to spend their vacations uh, in their refugee camps um, in Syria, um, Lebanon, Greece, and just even help to people who need it. 
Italian uh, fishermen save the migrants who just are trying just uh, to uh, give by boats to Italy. And uh, the team of Italian um, uh, just accepted lots of migrants and they were forced to await for the allowance uh, to let those migrants go ashore. Uh, and the volunteers were waiting uh, already uh, just to give help to those people. So um, in the modern society, we don't have uh, just the solution of this issue uh, as to the migrants. And the consumer society forms such an attitude, negative attitude towards migrants, and they don't care about lives of foreigners. And we can solve this uh, problem only when we just get rid of the cause of this issue. And the uh, reason for that is actually um, just the lack of uh, spirituality. And uh, when we change the format of the society uh, into the constructive one, we would have lots of just we would have uh, lots of money just to direct for the better life or uh, unification of people. Um, nobody would have to leave their um, motherland if they have good conditions, if they have decent conditions, um, work conditions, and uh, uh, just free medicine, free education. So judging by uh, if even if. Uh, if people have to um, just leave the, uh, the territories, uh, these people uh, would have would help would receive help. And judging by the volunteers and just decent people who uh, who just go against the system and help people who need, um, even today we have enough people who are ready to live in the constructive society based on the moral principles. Thank you very much. Russian and English. All right. Hello, everybody. Uh, it's nice to be with you today. And uh, I'm a doctor, a medical doctor from Cairo, Egypt. So I uh, I wanted to talk to you about something that I know, something out of my own experience. And that is uh, about the hospital management system uh, during time of natural disasters. 
And uh, I would like to uh, to start my uh, my talk with a quote from uh, Darren Kagan, the former CNU anchor. He said, "Bad things do happen in the world, uh, like war, natural disaster, and disease. But out of those situations, always arise stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And if called, any of us." can do extraordinary things. Um, so my talk will be about the natural disaster hospital management, like when a mass casualty situation occurs using uh, contemporary examples that uh, that happened uh, in the past years and uh, some current literature. Uh, I will talk about the causes, about the injury patterns and the triage and preparation, special consideration for uh, natural disaster, mass casualty events that could occur anywhere in the world now. Uh, some of these are like uh, the earth incidents, earthquakes, uh, mudslides, and volcanoes, or wind, uh, as in sandstorms. This is maybe something that you don't know about, what, but we here suffer from a lot. Uh, hurricanes and uh, tornadoes. Also fires, like wildfires, like that that happened in Brazil the other day. And temp temperature extremes, heat waves and winter storms. Water incidents like tsunamis, storm surges and floods. And some biological incidents like uh, locusts or insect swarms and animal stampedes. But as Guzipe uh, had mentioned before, we found that uh, the volcanic eruption is unique in that the number of fatalities that ha that usually uh, happen to the volcano exceed the number of injuries. Uh, natural disasters also, the problem with it is that it, 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 it poses unique uh, medical and public response challenges, not only on, on the people themselves, but on the healthcare uh, professionals that, uh, that do the job themselves. However, I, uh, I want to, uh, to, to talk about something before I get into this. We know that everybody here in the conference, 100 or more today, they are glued to their seats for, for hours now following uh, the proceeding. Uh, and they want to participate in the game like support. So we know each other. We know that we are all definitely united on the same level. We are all brothers and sisters. We are all sprouting from the same universal grave, the same one unique universal grave from one man, one woman. And we all have some fears. We have expressed a lot of fears and aspiration for the future too. But we know that we are different. We are not like everybody else. We stand apart from the rest of the consumer materialistic world, which is now burdened by toils of war. Uh, this world, which is so complicated by its sanguinary conflicts, disturbed by its sharp contradictions, menaced now and then by destructive wars, uh, launched by man to annihilate his fellow brother. And amidst all these ruins, all what man has built and remains of the existence of mankind, there always emerges no victim, nor vanquished. The vanquished will always be man, man himself. Man, God's most sublime creature. Man, whom God has created, as Gandhi, the tent of peace, has put it, to trudge on earth, 
creating life and worshiping God. This is what what man function on earth is. But since we know that it is coming, and we know that we have been talking, talking about our fears, what can happen, the signs of this, the signs of that, what can people do? We don't actually talk about some solid steps that we can take as a movement all together to do something positive. We cannot just stay passive and just talk and express, but we don't plan, we don't devise something to, to actually uh, come, come up to an active role. We have to prepare ourselves for the inevitable. It will come. Natural disasters will continue to happen. It will come. Cataclysm will happen. But what we can do then? We have to be prepared for this. We have to do something. We have to prepare ourselves and our people and the world for it when it comes. What will we, will we do? Because at these times, only unity between everybody, among all people, it's the only thing that can work out. And And we can unite, but to do what? Do everything. Because at this time, everyone counts. Everyone had a job. So I will start speaking about my own field of work. This is, this is something that I can talk about. And uh, healthcare uh, procedures and services during disaster times is a very important thing. And the management of these services and resources uh, are very important things to, uh, to know about. And I have been in a number uh, of many medical and relief response to natural disasters and the crisis conditions. I have had my share of drills and activation during natural disaster incidents and war zones, conflict zones, and uh, and the hospital, I have seen that hospital and the surrounding communities were non-functional. This is the problem with, with big uh, incidents like this, is that the healthcare system collapses and everybody is lost. They don't know what to do. They don't find what to use. And uh, I can tell many stories about this, about plans that didn't work, about supplies that was, were never accessible about circumstances that happened that were unanticipated. And we can always say that we have plans. We have plans. Yes, we have plans. But we always have great plans. But, but when we want to carry them out during these difficult times, they don't work. And I would like to uh, mention a word that Mike Tyson said once. He said, everybody has a plan. They get punched in the mouth. And yes, we get punched in, in, in the mouth quite often. And, uh, and in this respect, I would like to share with you a couple of uh, incidents that, uh, that happened uh, during my life with natural disaster, particularly with natural disaster. First, uh, was in, in 1992, a earthquake occurred at 15.09 uh, hour local time 
on the 12th of October, 1992. And it had an epicenter near the shore, which is uh, just south of the Great Pyramid, like 35 kilometers uh, south of the Great Pyramid. The earthquake, earthquake had a magnitude of 5.28, but it was, it was unusually destructive. It was the first time we saw this in our lives in, in Egypt, because at this time it caused 545 deaths, and injured about 6,512. And 50,000 people were homeless, were rendered homeless because of it. It was the most damaging seismic event that happened to Cairo since 1847. And it, all of these deaths and, and the injuries were not because of the, uh, of the uh, magnitude of the earthquake itself. It's because people were not prepared for it. And people got chaotic and they didn't know what to do and they just hurt themselves and this is why they died and this is why they injured at this time. Even a, a big rock from the Great Pyramid itself uh, fell down, at this, I remember. And at this time I was just still a freshman in, 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 in medical school. I wasn't even a doctor yet, a long way to be a doctor, but I was in a mini volunteering uh, uh, association. Uh, and at this time, I was in the Red Crescent, which is the equivalent of the Red Crescent. And I went with the volunteers, and we worked hard for many days. And it was horrible. What I saw was very horrible. But it was education. We learned a lot. I have here some photos of, uh, of this uh, incident that maybe the moderator will show it. But if it cannot be shown here, shown here maybe it will be shown uh, after and also i would like to to speak about my uh, my second uh my, my second incident which uh which was in uh, just recently in 2016 there was a flooding that happened to uh to egypt on the east uh, borders of egypt on the red sea in ras garib ras garib is a drilling uh, oil drilling city on on the sea and it's a town which has a uh, uh, few thousand uh, residents there. And on the 26th and the 27th of October in 2016, floods came down from the, the, the mountains of east, uh, uh, eastern Egypt and fell down and took the whole town in its way. And I had friends living in this city, engineers, oil engineers, with their families, and they were rendered homeless. Many of them were injured, and they lost everything. So at this time, I uh, I just took my uh, uh, I just took my uh, my people from the hospital, uh, and I scrounged up all what I could of. Uh, blankets, tents, uh, food, and the medical supplies, and we went there to help these people. It was also a very uh, uh, strange experience, but it was also, you know, it was also very educational because we knew at this time that we are not prepared. The country itself, the government, was not prepared for this uh, for this thing, and because of this, people suffer. I also have some picture of this that can be shown maybe later, but let's talk about what can we do to plan for disasters like this. 
Organic to natural disaster response should increase anticipation of potential damage to the physical plant because hospital themselves can be damaged. And the preparation to the limit effect on the ability for the hospital to function after the event, not only during the event. And the one most important characteristic of this uh, operation is resilience. Resilience is very important. Resilience should be sought in a natural disaster response plan, any plan, because we have to develop multiple uh, redundant options, not only one, one place or one plan. It has to be always plan A, B, C, D, and etc. Because usually, first plan, second plan, they don't work. So you have always to have options, more options. And your supplies, you should not concentrate it in, in one place. During normal time, okay, centralization of resources are fine. You can have your place with all your medical supplies. Right, I'm sorry for interruption because you were talking about really serious topics and these are uh, very um, important observations. You um, if I may can conclude that um, actually the half of the problems, the preparation would be would really solve, uh, such as evacuation plans and um, informing people in advance. So not just a few minutes before the event or after, but say after a, the event, uh, but really uh, they need time. And for that, we need a better scientific researchers. We need a better um involvement of the whole society because it's not only the work of the scientists, it's our responsibility as a society at all. And um, you also mentioned that during these events also professionals are dying. That means that not so many people are there to um, to provide a professional aid and to serve people. So that's why it's absolutely important topic and uh, we are also we know that on a larger platform will be a next uh, also one of the next conferences um, dedicated to the topic of a medical care in the constructive society and I will know that you're also there a participant and uh, that is why we will be happy to see you there thank you very much we uh, we are really happy to see you thank you we have also the citizen of Napoli from Italy, uh, Luca, who is here, and he is also eyewitnesses uh, of uh, natural disasters. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, yes, uh, I wanted, after hearing all this history, especially from our previous colleague from uh, Cairo, uh, I would just give you uh, my examples in a few moments. But uh, before giving the example, it's important to understand that I want to give them in the light of understanding that uh, after all we hear, the what is the most important thing that uh, I believe, uh, based on my experience, uh, we need to do in order to be ready for such kind of situation that uh, could happen, are coming, and they are gonna happen, and they can happen any any time, any moment in uh, our life, like we hear, is to change completely as we hear the vector of the society, because all the discussion that we are hearing are going in that direction. That if we don't change the vector of society, uh, we hear from uh, our other speakers, I mean, the vector of uh, consumism, the, the vector of uh, accumulation of uh, only money to make money even uh, after disaster, let's say. And by the way, disaster is one of the 
best event that can happen to the people that want to make money. Uh, the, every war is a very, very good uh, reason after the war, you know, to make a lot of money. And I want to give this example to understand what happens in real uh, situation, because being a citizen of Napoli, like you said, I have experience of these things on uh, on life, and this I, I can tell you change uh, you. Uh, you live this experience, and you are changed uh, forever in your life. You have uh, you gain some some values. My first experience uh, with uh, serious, uh, quite serious earthquake. It's from 1980. I was 10 years old, and I lived the the earthquake in Napoli. Uh, actually, the center was uh, I think 100 kilometers from here, a region called Dirpinia. The, the 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 numbers are scary. 3,000 casualties, 7.1 Richter. Uh, I don't know sev several hundred thousand people without homes. So it was really big. Uh, earthquake. But uh, this is not what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about what happens in my personal experience. In the first moment, what it was very, very different from the day-to-day -day life is that we get all united uh, in that uh, occasion. Uh, in the specific place in which uh, my father was living, we were uh, getting, getting out of our flight and we were all living in our cars. Uh, because for some reason our collective, uh, I don't know, conscience was telling us that it was dangerous to be at home or we were afraid maybe to be at home. But in that moment we got united, uh, people were organized automatically to help each other uh, who needed that, uh, who wanted some food, uh, who had some, you know, heart attack because was very scared and something like that. And this was lasting for the first uh, few days. So these memories are very good. I remember also that uh, we have looked in the eyes of our neighbor first time after many, many years and we could have time to talk because after it was a bit quiet yes there were other not once only one earthquake there was one very very strong then in the night a second one again strong and so on so we were scared all period so that uh, this uh, fear was getting us united but uh, as you know the fear is not a very good uh, thing to unite people and uh, what happens uh, after the history of this earthquake in the sense of the relationship with people that there was many damage, like I was saying before. And uh, in the mentality of uh, my city, unfortunately, we were somebody was waiting for the reconstruction, was not doing a lot of effort by ourselves to restore what's going on. And this is creates flow of money, uh, interest, uh, business. And there are some absurd situations that I know personally for my relatives that some houses were rebuilt after 30 years. So can you imagine, uh, it's really, and the flow of money was, you know, if we were putting there 100 euros, I think an example in these houses, uh, to the house was going uh, two euros in the end of the day because of, you can imagine what was, was happening. And this is, a, so this example is bad and good. Uh, in order not to have only such kind of example, I have different one uh, that was a flood. Like uh, we were saying before, uh, you have a collection of these experience in your life when you are from, from Italy. This is from the north of Italy. In this case, uh, the flood was not a big one in 2014 in uh, a region close to Modena uh, and these parts. In this situation, what happens? The flood was not uh, like if we compare to the event that we can see today, what we heard before, really serious. I mean, there's always the but the life were in danger. People uh, lost their houses, enterprises, and and uh, you know, hospital were destroyed. But what uh, what happened in this uh, thing? The first part of my experience was the same like what I described before. People get united because of fear. They immediately help each other and this prevent more life to be lost and the people are helped. But uh, that's the first part. What is more interesting is that in this situation, people uh, continued helping each other even uh, later. Uh, and I will come back to why this happened in this uh, particular area. 
people uh, started not waiting for nothing to restore uh, what was destroyed by the flood. And uh, in, uh, in a very, very good order, I would say. Good, what does it mean? Before they started rebuilding uh, places in which could be sheltered, the people were losing their houses or, uh, you know, given aid. Then they started restoring uh, hospitals and so on. Third, they started restoring their own company. I mean, their own is not the personal company, but the workers who together with owners were building a back company to be able to keep living like uh, they were living before. And, and uh, in what I want to say that in a very, very short time compared to other situations, everything was coming back to normal after the thing was, uh, was gone. Why would this was happening? Because uh, the, there is one beauty, beautiful, beautiful thing, let's say, of that part of Italy in that the society are, is very social. I, I don't know how to say in a different way. People there are uh, very caring about the general uh, wellness, the, uh, helping each other. It's very, very common in that part of Italy. Uh, and this is also given by the special type of economy that is in that part of Italy. I think that's my opinion. I'm not an economist, but I say like an opinion in which, because in that part of Italy, there are a lot of very, very family enterprises. And when you have a lot of small family enterprises, uh, the relationship uh, with between is like with people to people. It's not by, you know, a big uh, company and a small guy working for that. So it's personal. And so the best, uh, the most important uh, value most of the time for these enterprises is not the profit but it are the people working for them and the wealth for everybody so my conclusion uh, here that i want to give that when you have things uh, going uh, in the direction of what we are telling telling in our uh, discussion what we hear from uh, the i don't know how to translate peredache now uh, in the translation of igor mikhailovich zanilov is that if we go in the direction of uh, uh, the collective, uh, sorry, creative and constructive society, we will be automatically ready or better equipped in the case of we have uh, such kind of flaws. That's the experience that I wanted to share. Thank you. Based on uh, human values such as love, unity, and uh, to not tolerance, but the friendship. And this is what we actually experience here in Italy. And thank you very much for hosting this uh, conference here. Uh, we appreciate really your um, welcomeness and friend friendly friendship. I'm sorry. Uh, maybe you can better say it in Italy. Uh, how to say it? Uh, Um, la, la, ringrazio a tutti per, sì, per, per, sono tutti molto contenti dell'organizzazione dell ci hanno ringraziato della nostra ospitalità che è una delle caratteristiche del, del popolo na, napoletano diciamo così Uh, now I would like to give the floor to Sean Brooks from the USA, who would like to tell us about the climate refugees. Uh, you guys hear me okay? Can you guys hear me okay? Great, so I wanted to bring up the topic um, that I feel is very important from uh, the standpoint, uh, we've heard a lot of opinions about the West and, and the United States and their role in, in climate change. And um, from our perspective, capitalism is, clean, is king. Um, the anthropogenic factor is inherently based on a consumer format of society that implies human actions are due to uh, a current ec economic system and our wasteful habits. Okay, can you guys see me? 
Can you guys see me? Okay, sorry about that. So the most fundamental question that many people in the United States consider is whether capitalism or the capitalistic society so is capable of sharply reducing carbon emissions um, or curbing climate change in any significant way. So the main focus, as we've heard from other speakers, is the reducing of the overall CO2 being released into the atmosphere, not a rapid policy or infrastructure change that is needed to adapt and address our contributions to climate change or on human life. We've seen uh, suggestions of using nuclear weapons to stop hurricanes, which is just another example of our complete disconnect from nature and human life in general. Right now, uh, there's a massive investment, of course, by 2030 to keep the warming below 1.5 degrees Celsius, like we've heard. Um, but many scientists have already agreed that we've crossed into a dangerous, unexplored territory um, in order to really avoid catastrophic and irreversible climate change, we would need to curb those emissions right away. Um, but I want to make the distinction between uh, preparation for cataclysms and uh, the anthropogenic influence on climate change. We know that the Earth is moving through space and there are many cycles of, upon which we cannot control. Um, we, cannot, we cannot fight earthquakes, we cannot fight hurricanes. However, the humans do contribute to climate change in, in the fact that we massively deforest our, our forest, which is a, a sink for holding in CO2, of course. Um, the pollution of our oceans is in increasingly raise the level of acid, uh, the acidification, uh, which also helps uh, regulate those natural CO2 systems. Um, and the United States has, you know, made some efforts to in, invest in alternative energy sources. Because from their perspective, um, the only viable solution to climate change is one that includes uh, a capitalistic, uh, something that is, is based on profit uh, and not really a long-term uh, sustainable system. Um, in order for capitalism to really help, we would need a radical realignment of our economy, um, which would also mean a radical realignment of our political system um, and our fundamental human nature. Um, but should be done also for the number of poor people and neglected communities, both in the United States and abroad, that stand to suffer the most from the, from the coming changes. A lot of these issues we talk about are, are from a perspective of privilege, meaning that uh, we are developed nations and so we can have these conversations, whereas other less developed nations cannot necessarily have these conversations because they lack the resources uh, to address these issues head on. The, it's not theoretical anymore uh, that climate change is hitting the world. Just recently, Hurricane Dorian was prepared to hit the southeastern United States and the Bahamas, bringing damaging winds, extreme floods, and loss of homes and loss of life. Leading up into proceeding to this disaster, however, people were preparing for the storm by helping each other evacuate, helping getting the older residents out, out of their home, and then afterwards helping to rebuild. And as Luca mentioned, we do see humans in these times of great need and times of disaster uh, showing their true nature, showing their capacity to love and care for each other and to help each other out in these times of disaster. Here in Indiana, we have winters that have been getting progressively colder, um, lasting almost one or two months or longer each year. 
with our cold temperatures here in the Midwest over the past five years have matched those in Siberia and northern Canada. Um, our roads freeze over very quickly, and due to lacking infrastructure, uh, we have a lot of highway road accidents, which claim many lives every year. But also in the same sense, we have people showing incredible examples of humanity and getting out there in the cold and the blizzard and helping each other out of out of ditches or helping people who are stuck in cars. Last Friday, we saw the biggest youth protest held in the United States that I have seen in my lifetime uh, that was organized entirely by the, the young kids of our community um, to, you know, to fight against climate action, climate change, or to call for climate action by our politicians and, and our a ruling elite. We have, I haven't seen, again, that sort of reaction from them since the mass shootings that happened, uh, the protests that happened last year. Um, and on top of that, we have a refugee uh, problem or an immigration problem, which uh, from my perspective has been framed as a problem of gang violence and economic disaster. When in actual fact, these people in Central and South America are losing their jobs and due to crop shortages because of extreme droughts and fungal outbreaks that are killing the national economy. So they have no other choice but to move to places either in Central America or to the United States or Canada or abroad. But other reasons are being put forward to distract us from the inevitable truth. In order to face this issue head on, um, we need to evaluate, reevaluate our relationship to ownership, work, and capital. Um, the impact of dramatic reconfiguration of the industrial economy requires similarly large changes to the human being. Because incomes, large uh, basic incomes, large-scale public work programs, and uh, and everything else in between has to be implemented if we're and if we are able to uh, adapt and deal with the coming cataclysms, and not to mention the result of our own pollution and disregard for nature. Many would say that capitalism, as we know it, is completely inept when it comes to addressing climate change. And the redemption can only be found in the capacity for transformative change towards sustainability. But we can't put a price on emissions. Um, we can't reduce emissions until we adapt another way of society that isn't based on wasteful consumerism. Um, some argue that we can stop climate change under capitalism, letting the market work for the environment um, between emphasizing our, cap our capitalism's capacity for self-correction, um, price incentives. Uh, for instance, we've heard like countries uh, getting price incentives for lowering their CO2 emissions by a certain point. Um, but these issues are, or these so-called solutions are, well, they won't work. Um, there's an unresolved conflict between capitalism and its drive for growth and economic sustainability that, or ecological sustainability that is necessary for climate stability which means that one has to collapse in order for the other to succeed. Um, we created these very institutions, yet we act as if, as if they're unchangeable or somehow superpositioned over our lives, independent entities even. We talk about capitalism as if it's, it's some sort of God over us. We see our problems outside of the realm of our own manipulation 
Um, and we stand by and watch as the world unravels because we, we tie our hands behind these institutions. Um, many of us are waiting for a magic bullet or a magic person to come and save us all. And we can put ourselves so we can keep having the same comfortable life of, of technology and comfort. But there's no reasoning here. There, there is no uh, rational argument or blandishment uh, that has a remote chance of success when it comes to capitalism and its ability to save climate change. If, if it, this is indeed the type of conversation we, we are having when it comes to the climate impasse, then we need to be honest and appropriate about the course of treatment that humans need to take. Spiritual and moral values must be the remedy to this problem. Anything else is simply not enough. We need to educate our children in the proper way to let them know that climate change is not happening solely because of man, but because of its like cyclicity of the planets and that we cannot influence climate in the re reverse direction. It's impossible, but we must be pre prepared, first of all, for adaptation, be prepared for mass migration due to climate change and natural disasters, and be prepared on how to live peacefully with each other when we are all be living in possibly a very uncomfortable situations and to love oneself and other human beings and all things on earth. This is the only solution to climate change, not capitalism. This is the only solution to climate change, not capitalism. Thank you very much, Sean. Um, Sean также um, упомянул о том, что сейчас вот uh, действительно миграцию, которая происходит uh, с Латинской Америки uh, на территорию uh, США, что uh, не всегда это экономические какие-то причины или, скажем, другие, um, которые выгодны показывать это именно под такой перспективой, в таком ключе, что действительно уже сейчас люди вынуждены... So basically people now are, have to leave their homes due to climate change. Because it is very difficult for them to... And it is very difficult for them to... These are the people who actually just uh, work in agricultural sector and today we have and today we have uh, Antonio Flores from Ecuador. Ecuador hello hola okay como están pueden escucharme está bien oh you can hear me uh, I can uh, speak a little bit I would like to tell you, uh, my name is um, Antonio Flores, I come from Ecuador. Before, uh, just to talk about... And before about talking about agriculture, about farmers, when I started, when I started studying as an engineer, I was, so I studied agriculture, how we can plant seeds, and this is to have enough resources for nature, 
And when I started my studies, my teachers also told me that we have 10 years remaining until climate change, which would be unreversible. So uh, after graduation, I started working in based on my profession and I started studying climate change. So I monitored climate and and we were quite shocked. Now it's quite sad for me to see fields people are very sad. People are worried about the fact that there are a lot of toxic toxic pesticides and there are also uh, very many droughts and this is very worrisome and So now the question of uh, technology arouses. What uh, technologies exist? We cannot rely fully on the technologies that exist at the moment. But at the same time, if we don't have enough land, Now, fertile land, we can be, mm, we don't have enough certainty in the fertility of our land. What I'm trying to say is that if some disaster occurs, we will be unable to provide us with medicine or professional abilities. And all the services, including medical services, we won't be unable to provide us with the basic things that what supports life, food. Speaking about tourism, this is also very worrisome for many people and such people like you, people from Alatra, can share and make a lot of contribution. Though we cannot um, sit twiddling thumbs, we must have means for food. We don't have time for so I can continue eating the right food 
But at the same time, it's not very easy for me to do it in all countries. And So basically, um, in, in the country, it is easier to find more organic food, while in big cities, it is more difficult to find this organic food. Earth gives us a lot of opportunities to wake up. And we are unable We are unable to We shift our responsibility and we depend on the people who have to solve our problems. And we are not making contribution ourselves. So we are not making effort to change agriculture and we must get back to technology to so thank you very much for your attention. So now changing the entire world Basically, we can we as consumers of agriculture products can find a self-sustaining way of consuming. In other words, we see a lot of stereotypes and we see a lot of obstacles that prevent us from using alternative sources and we must uh, destroy these dogmas so on Y a nuestros amigos de habla hispana, por vuestro apoyo 
the participation activa. Um, and we see how much uh, people have to say this is very really wonderful because uh, you see that there's so much, so a lot of topics we have to discuss uh, regarding the climate change. And we have here two more participants from USA, Olga Simpson and uh, Olga Schmidt. Uh, so you're welcome. Olga, are you ready? С нами Ольга Симпсон, она инженер-конструктор, и Ольга Шмидт является техником МРТ. Вы готовы? Вы нас слышно? Вы нас слышите? Да. да. Ага. А, вы знаете, сегодня я хотела бы поговорить на такую тему, что в данный момент у нас во всем мире... Ага. Today I'd like to talk about the fact that uh, we have a problem with violence to, uh, nowadays and the participants of the movement now initiate the project called No Violence in Family and Society. We hear about violence. We hear that uh, violence is flourishing all around. We hear this from our friends, from our colleagues. What we observe on TV, the world is overwhelmed with violence and it's a whole problem for our society. And there is such a point that There is such a point that uh, when this happens in our society, what I'd like to say is that America is, seems to be a well-developed country economically and people tend to think that there is no problems with violence. But in actual fact, this is not true. Violence is flourishing in all countries regardless of the economic development. And uh, if this happens between family members, between friends, between some employees, colleagues, everything is flourishing, that one, then what will take place when mass migration will start? How we will live together? When a Morocco professor mentioned already that people form a negative attitude towards migrants, and migrants also have a negative attitude of the country which is hosting them and I'd like to say that this image is imposed on us by mass media and we have to clarify whom a migrant is. To me there was such an impression previously that a migrant is some kind of an enemy before I actually clarified that these are normal humans with very complex destiny. They have to abandon their homes, they have to resettle, relocate to a different continent. They Sometimes they don't even know the language. They have face unfriendly atmosphere. So first of all, I'd like to say that in every situation, a human should remain a human and manifest his best qualities. He should help, he should support other person. And, you know, this uh, sprout of goodness is spread, is inherent in us. We have to just plant it and water it with our deeds. Uh, we have to treat another person just the same as we would like to be treated in complex situations especially. And you know, the main point is not to forget about the value of human life, because this is priceless. And when we have such a situation, whenever a person will be a friend to another one, then our society will flourish and 
we will live in mutual respect, love and kindness and happiness. Thank you. Thank you very much. Can you see us? Yes, thank you. Good. Also to add that we now see that in some countries there is such a practice as building a wall and for the country leaders it's the only logical decision, solution. But we understand that this is not a way out. This takes place because of lack of way out. Uh, people despair. Uh, building such walls separates people. And those who want, they still can uh, dig something under the wall or can cross the wall because you cannot uh, border the whole country with the walls. In the history of humankind, there were walls which were built, but they didn't help to solve problems for humanity. What is the kind of society we have where we lack finance, we lack funds to solve the problem of famine, to create, to maintain friendship between each other but we have funds in order to kill and to protect from others do we really want this and what where this will lead us only to self-destruction so let's change something the problem of climate and climate migration is discussed at the level of ministries of defense and leaders of countries. So, from the point of view of military threats and security, this is what today's consumer society have come up to. So, let's imagine what will happen in a constructive and creative society. Let's invent a story about some unified service which secures security service which was voiced on the conference of 22nd of June 2019. This service would help to maintain security on the earth for every nation, for all people, but not on a separate territory. The whole sense of the constructive and creative society is that there, are, there should be no artificial economic crisis or political crisis. Constructive and creative society means solution of problems because you don't have to conquer anything. Everything should be and can be resolved peacefully without any war. A great number of money, a great amount of money today and resources are spent on wars and defense. And what do we spend on peace? Let's change this. Let's not kill and protect from each other, but let's help and let's save lives of each other because life is the most, the, the, the real value. And uh, for this, on the Alatra platform, we carry out such conferences. And let's unite all together on 9th of May 2020. We'll get together all over the world in order to resolve how to live further and what kind of a society we want to build because we can do everything. Thank you. Thank you very much. Friends, our game is coming to its end. We would like to give the floor to the next game for professionals on economics which will take place in Moscow on 12th of October. And this, the topic of this game will be economics of constructive and creative society, abolition of loan interest. Please join. I also like to add that 
I would like to thank all participants who are now visible on the screen, who have joined us online. This is a great deed which we are doing. Uh, the problems which we have discussed are mostly the problems of the consumer society, consumer format in society. And as a result, we see the situation that our science lacks resources and solutions to kind of to prevent and try to solve the issues which we can arise in the nearest future. We still don't have a working system for all people how to notify about the cataclysms which have already happened. We don't know how evacuation will take place. We've heard about our speakers, uh, but they say, everybody says, what can we do within several seconds? Do uh, We heard that in medicine, in healthcare, these are problems and issues which we have to be prepared for. We still have some time to use it rationally because disasters are taking uh, place very fast, and our pro, uh, specialists already say that humanity have undergone, undergone such situations. Every 12,000 years, we have undergone the same situation on Earth. We there are artifacts, there, is, there are records of such situations. We remember that, but what we'll do when the upcoming cataclysms will happen, and how the society can get prepared for that? Will human life be valued or will be fighting for survival as animals? Uh, we have to voice the problems that relate to agri-sector because the climate is changing very fast and it's impossible to grow many cultures and plants anymore, which people used to plant for hundreds and thousands of years. People have no time to adapt to new changes. And the whole range of issues which we have covered, it um, doesn't relate directly to we can create conditions, we can create the constructive and creative altruistic society, friendly society, where everyone are friends. And Dr. Mastralenso has also voiced uh, his desire and a desire of all specialists in climate uh, and all people that this is possible. But today, our game of professionals is mostly not a game. We really don't have time to play anymore uh, because today uh, our, our lives are being played by those who are not ready to change. But uh, we have to make this step towards creative and constructive society. That's why on the Alatra platform we perform, conduct such conferences on various topics which can be joined by specialist experts from many fields. And we kindly invite to participate. We kindly invite everyone to participate. Thank you. Giuseppe. Simply a matter of human evolution, but probably 
some way uh, action of people around the world uh, for uh, uh, to to, uh, to look for a, a solution of this problem. So how to uh, communicate not only the risk but only the um, which uh, which must be the the, the trend for uh, the the worldwide trend for the people uh, in a way which consider not only uh, the the business uh, or the personal uh, the personal interest the personal advantage but the, the advantage of the of the planet uh, of the universe but this <laughs> or the planet, including uh, all the uh, the life of this planet, and from the geology to the animals, to, to so people must consider this moment also the future. So we uh, the ethic ethic must uh, uh, must consider also uh, our our action. Uh, um, in terms of, of effect for future generation, uh, not only for the human uh, species, but also for all uh, other species and for the planet in yeah. its totality. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, you, everyone. Thank you. See you soon. До свидания. Всем большое спасибо. Thank you.